It's Free Talk Live. Dial on in toll free and join us right here. Our number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We'll get an update on what's going on with Jay Noon's property tax situation down in Massachusetts. And it is Ian with you tonight. And Jay. And Mark. Now, uh, there's big news out of the UK. Not the Brexit story, which is continuing to develop. I did see a headline about uh, that, and maybe we can talk about that. But It's a Brerarism story. Brerarism? Well, it's Brexit. I, I've not Brexit heard that Brexit is Britain and exit stuck together. Yeah. Uh, Brerarism. Oh, Brerarism. Would be as in terrorism. Britain and terrorism. Oh, God, all these, these word <laughs> mashups are terrible. I know, it's awful. It makes no sense. Uh, so anyway, yeah, there's there's been a, an attack uh, apparently uh, near the House of Parliament there, or House Pretty much at it. Of Parliament. Police have named the officer who was killed by a knife man terrorist in London today and revealed the death toll in the attack has risen to five. Keith Palmer, age 48, was stabbed outside of Parliament by the attacker who brought carnage to London, mowing down pedestrians on Westminster Bridge. Now, when I saw the headline about mowing down, I thought somebody got shot, but this actually means it was mowed down as in run down with a car, uh, killing three people, injuring 20 more. A 4x4 drove along the pavement on the crowded bridge, knocking down and seriously injuring pedestrians before crashing into a fence below Big Ben. The killer, described by witnesses as middle-aged and Asian, then managed to break into the grounds of Parliament, where he fatally stabbed Mr. Palmer, the police officer with 15 years of service, Mm. with two knives. The attacker, who was shot at least twice by armed officers guarding the building, died after he was taken to the hospital while Mr. Palmer died at the scene so are we gonna have to ban cars and knives now well that was going to be one of the questions that i asked here is that obviously a car which is in many cases a multi-ton well uh, they're already registered and insured so maybe we'll have to get a knife registry because you want to implement these things gradually so people don't get upset so we just can't ban knives so maybe maybe we need a license to drive no we already have that or you'll need a license to carry a knife and then we'll have to Register and get insurance for each knives and provide a, a register, you know, serial numbers and all that stuff for them. Right, because the license to drive obviously prevented this guy from going psycho. Well, I don't think the license to drive is intended to keep people from going bananas. It's intended to see whether or not you're a competent uh, uh, director of an automobile. Well, at least in this case, it might have helped identify the person if he happened to have his license in his pocket at yeah. the time. Uh, and you know, when they shot him to death, it would make it a little bit easier to figure out who the who that person unless was. they shot him through the license. I suppose, but uh, it would probably not be all, uh, you know, multiple shots through the license. You could probably read most of it, Mark, even if they did shoot him through the license, okay. would be my guess. Uh, so terrible, you know, news here. The Prime Minister, Theresa May, tonight vowed Britain would, quote, never give in to terror and defeat Hayden evil after she blasted the sick and depraved attack in Westminster. And I love how politicians in moments like this, and again, I, I don't want to take away from the tragedy that has, you know, befallen these 20 people that were, were hit by this maniac on the bridge. I mean, that's that's terrible. There's no doubt about it. But it is interesting when you see politicians try to position themselves outside of hate and evil as though that what they're doing is somehow loving or that what they are doing is somehow good because politics and the government, the state system that we have here is in no way based on love and it is in no way based on good. It is based on on an evil act of threatening our neighbors, threatening you know people that 
either we know or we don't know, people who live nearby us, or in the case of uh, the United States, sometimes thousands, you know, a thousand miles away, but threatening people who have never done anything to you in order to force them into this system, in order to force them to give up their money, in order to force them to be obedient and to do what they're told. And there's nothing loving about that. Yeah, definitely. Government is the uh, is anti-love, if anything. It seems like uh, a quick turn here from a terrorist to the government. Um, I mean, well, you repeat yourself. The government <laughs> is a terrorist. Certainly, you can't argue that. But they fooled people into thinking there's something else. They think that because they can vote on this terrorist group, that they're somehow not your typical. I mean, they're not your typical. There are governments that you can't vote on. I mean, we have monarchies, uh, yeah. you know, around the world, um, and you know, dictatorships and these sorts of things. So. Um, but I guess this guy was clearly frustrated and upset about something. I'd be interested in finding out what it is that uh, had him so concerned, I guess, is what I'm more interested in. Yeah, I suspect it's a little bit early to uh, discern what the person's motivation was in this case. Headlines over at the Drudge Report say that it is the anniversary of the Brussels massacre and that... Uh, yeah, there was, I guess, some sort of statement by ISIS that I saw earlier that that headline's been removed. So I don't know if this was, you know, classic terrorism in that this guy was part of ISIS. He's Asian. That doesn't preclude him from no. being a Muslim. Uh, but, you know, it seems to lower the likelihood of that being the case. It may be that they use different terminology in Great Britain to describe um, ethnicities, too. I mean, what Could does be. Asian mean in the United States? Asia is a big, big place. Right. Um, and, and again, I find Asia, uh, you know, somewhere along the line, it became uh, unacceptable to use the term oriental to describe uh, Asian people. And I... Uh, you know, I'm confused because Russia is in Asia. There be, there's Caucasians in Asia. There's Indians in Asia. There's all kinds of different folks in Asia. But somehow we're supposed to use the term Asian to describe uh, what we what used to be called Orientals. But now mm-hmm. you're only supposed That's to offensive use the, now. Apparently, you're, you're only supposed to use the term Oriental to describe things like carpets and vases. Uh, okay, I got it. The headline from The Telegraph says that ISIL supporters have cheered the attack on Westminster. They tend to do that. Suggesting it was revenge for the UK's airstrikes on the terror group in Syria and Iraq. Followers on pro-Islamic State of Iraq and the Levant channels on the social media service Telegram posted messages applauding the knife-wielding suspect and calling the attack blessed. One said the UK was paying blood for blood for its involvement with the US-led coalition's campaign against the jihadists. I suspect that whatever bombs the UK was responsible for dropping killed more than three people. I suspect you're right about that as well. So the blood for blood that they're talking about. ISIS is a uh, pathetic relic of uh, 2016. You and, think so? Yeah, they're they're done. Why? Why do you say that? Because enough attention has been turned that way. Um, they were you know run out of Mosul, and they're going to be run out of every other town that they're in, too, until they're run down and their leaders are killed. But you, that's what they that- did to al-Qaeda, right? And then they turned into ISIS? Um, Al- no, no. no? Al Qaeda did not turn. Um, I okay. No. <laughs> no. Okay. All right. So um, I thought ISIS was formed because they went in and like tried to crush the other. You ISIS know, is a groups. traditional government, and governments are easy for governments to defeat. That's uh-huh. what war is. ISIS isn't a traditional government per se. They're I mean, a caliphate. Yeah. That is, they they claim to be a caliphate, and they are a traditional government. They're trying. They to are be. not. A an organization that rises from the people, um, where, with you know beliefs and, and that sort well, of. Well, they thing. came out of nowhere. Belief. 
Sure. Well, they came out of a uh, a, a group of uh, uh, revolters in Syria and you know, grew into Iraq. And they also come from Iraq as well? I mean, There were certainly some Ba'athists yeah. that saw an opportunity, but not that many because most people just want to live their lives and that sort of thing. I mean, most of the people that are being... Most of the people in those cities are essentially held hostage by ISIS. As I said, they are a traditional government, just mm-hmm. in the way that, uh, you know, you are currently held hostage by your city if you don't pay your property taxes and that sort of thing. ISIS does what it wants to the people inside its cities. It's a bit more, uh, quite a bit more uh, dangerous than uh, governments that we're used to. But nonetheless, this isn't They're an organization that's going yeah. to survive, Ian. So um, has the CIA and, like, the U.S. and the Western you know, world stopped off? Uh, Funding ISIS or something? Ah, well, there's always that. Um, who certainly a lot of the weapons they get, one can't argue. Um, you know, Came they're getting from the U.S. They're right? getting U.S. and and Western weapons, and one wonders how they do that. Uh, yeah, it could I be co- coming across weapons caches, or maybe they're actually doing deals directly with the CIA. Who knows? It's speculation on t- as to what the CIA's involvement is, but the CIA has a highly unsavory history. We're going to continue here. You can weigh in with your thoughts on the alleged terror strike in Great Britain that uh, happened earlier today. Our toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We've also got Skype. You can Skype in here at Skype username LRN.FM. And this is Free Talk Live. Plus, we got a plastic bag ban update coming up. That might be a surprise. Free Talk Live, dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want. Our number here is 855-450-FREE. With an alleged terror attack happening in London uh, earlier tonight, or I guess it's not quite yet tonight on the East Coast, but uh, it was in the evening in the UK, I guess, when this went down. And uh, you can share your thoughts toll-free, 855-450-FREE. With, uh, with you tonight, it's me, Ian. Jay. And Mark. Also, I do want to let you know about how to save big time on your purchases at Amazon. Whatever it is that you want to buy, you can easily save 15, 20, maybe even 25% or more on those products. And all you have to do is go to saveatpurse.com. That's saveatpurse.com. You do need to have Bitcoin or some other kind of cryptocurrency in order to get these amazing prices. If you have just regular old dollars, then I'm sorry, saveitpurse.com will not be able to help you. But if you do have cryptocurrency, this is an amazing tool that can get you tremendous discounts on the things that you need and the things that you want. So go to saveitpurse.com and get started there. That's saveatpurse.com. And if you don't have Bitcoin yet, then you can always go to bitcoin.com and learn more about that there. It's still not too late uh, to get Bitcoin. We can talk more about Bitcoin later on tonight if we get the chance. Your calls and thoughts are welcome. Let's go to the phones, to the fun. We go to Skype where Rick is on the line. Rick, where are you calling from tonight? Rick on Skype, going once. Yes, sorry about hey. that. The name is actually Stefan. That's just my Skype name. Okay, Stefan. Well, then you're on. Go ahead. All right. I noticed you guys were talking about how ISIS is saying this as an eye for an eye. Uh, have they actually claimed responsibility they for have the not. attack? They have not. They have not. They haven't. Uh, I'm actually starting to wonder whether or not this is a um, somebody who is opposed to Brexit or in support of it. It seems like a lot of it's hovering around that. Really? What makes you think that? Well, I noticed a couple of people were talking to me. I was uh, speaking to my buddy Tyler. He was telling me how he actually thinks that this is the 
English government's way of staging it. He said that possibly it was staged in order to make the um, Brexit supporters look bad. That's a pretty serious idea. I mean, we don't know anything yet, right? Like, so that's total speculation. We don't know anything about this person that I've seen, at least. He's been identified. Apparently, they know who he is. Uh, but I haven't even seen the name yet. Yeah, if that's the case, you could expect uh, some manifesto to uh, show up out of the vehicle or wherever, and um, you know where this guy says, uh, you know, writes in, uh, you know, for fi- the EU, right? For the in fine print, how he's uh, done this for the uh, the EU or whatever it is that he's done. <laughs> it, it'll that, probably be downloaded on his phone. That that wouldn't surprise me, to be honest. I mean, I think somebody could possibly have done this in order to show support for the EU because we've already seen riots over it before. Have there been riots? I have. I can't say I've been. Uh, I've heard about looking. riots, protests. I one of the two. Hmm. Well, I don't know. I'm a little. It, it, his issue would have to be pretty serious, or the guy would have to be pretty mentally, you know, out of it. Because I mean, anybody nerd would have to know this is a suicide mission. What he was doing, sure. Yeah. And one more thing I'd like to mention. Uh, I think we should have to take consideration into be into banning these military style assault vehicles. They're all using over there to uh, commit these horrible acts. Yeah, yes. he, he jumps out of the vehicle to, with uh, a couple of knives like Drax the Destroyer from Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Who, who, who needs these assault knives, right? <laughs> Thanks for the call, Rick. Good one. Appreciate it, man. Toll-free number here, or uh, Stefan, sorry. Uh, Toll-free number 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. So you'll often, um, you know, what, what people are going to say that support gun bans um, is that essentially, well, hey, look, what if he'd have had an AK-47 instead of these two knives? Um, how many more people would he have killed is really always That's the question. That's what they would say. Yeah. Um, and, well... I don't know what would have happened if he would have uh, had an AK-47. Who knows? Um, but well, all the it's more certainly reason, more deadly. It would have been better if some of the people in the crowd were carrying. I mean, what if mm. what if you know ten percent of the people in the crowd or twenty percent of them were you know concealed carrier had pistols on them? Yeah, they, he might not have gotten past one person at that right. point. That, well, we we do, there is evidence that when a concealed carry carrier is around, that mass shootings are less likely to occur. There's, of course, uh, there's all kinds of evidence for that. It would and, stop after like the first person or two. I here's would expect. the here's the question you generally have to ask these people: is if somebody walks into this crowded place that we are, um, or wherever it is, with an assault rifle. Would you prefer to be armed or not? Or, or to, to rely on the police to come and save you? That would be the question that you would ask the person yeah. who is a gun banner? Yeah, and usually the answer is is they would prefer to be armed. But, if they're being honest, but a lot of times they, you know, I would expect that some of them would rely on the police. Uh, the, like the they police, believe in the police? The police are going to be pretty far away. Yeah, that's true. Um, and, uh, you know, they may be scared of guns themselves, but the question is, would you prefer me to be armed okay. then or not? Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, like I could have a gun the whole time we've been talking and you wouldn't know and it hasn't jumped up and shot you in the face yet. Right. right. Um, so, you know, what they'll often say is, well, what, I'd, what I want to do is I want to get rid of all of them. And, you know, that's a fantasy. Sure. Wave your magic wand. Now, let's not forget that in the world prior to call it 1880 when uh, the, re- you know, the re- revolver with regular cartridges or, you know, whatever period, I'm sure gun enthusiasts are screaming and tearing their it's not 1880. It's 1869 mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, but, you know, this this time frame when Sam God made man and Sam Colt made them equal, you know, now a little lady can carry a little 380 in her purse or on her as a sidearm and she can protect herself 
from anybody of any size. This hasn't occurred anywhere in human history up to this point. Firearms, sidearms, handguns gave small people, weak people, uh, you know, the ability to protect themselves from ruthless big people. Yeah, you can change the odds. Yeah. Now, if it were a gang of ruthless big people, she'd have a tough time. Sure. Um, the bigger but, the gang, the less the harder it's going to be to fight them. But most of these terror attacks in the United States or in Great Britain or in other countries haven't involved a gang of people. They've involved no more than one or two folks in most yeah. circumstances. And so I think Jay's right that if people were actually armed, that alone would stop would put a quick stop to any kind of uh, incident like this unless they could muster unless isis could muster a dozen men that were armed to go into some place and, and they haven't yet yeah well yeah. at least not in the united states or great britain they sure. certainly have mustered that many men in you know syria and iraq to yeah. take over those cities um, so that would be a totally different story but uh, even st- even still in a city with the freedom to be armed as we have here in new hampshire and in some of the other states then it would be all the more difficult for that armed gang to go in and do anything of any significance. Then people will say, um, well, I really just want to ban assault weapons. Well, um, you know, the assault I can weapons. Assault any, anybody can get assaulted with any weapon, that's sure. for sure. An assault weapon they is. They mean the scary looking one. A scary looking black rifle yeah. um, because in many cases they do the same thing as the regular rifles with the wooden handles or whatever. But that gets difficult too because. I mean, how many instances? Let's look at uh, how many riots are out there when they burned St. Louis, the black the black community in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Ferguson. Yeah, uh, what's that? Ferguson, you mean? No, this is uh, historically. I believe that the, there was a black You're section way back. When. Yeah. Okay. Um, would it have been better for those people to have been armed and able to fight people off, or mm-hmm. not? Uh, Rosewood, um, the Rodney King riots. You know, you you yeah. pick the civil unrest that went on. And then I ask you, if you were in the midst of that, would you prefer to have an assault rifle or not? Now, I would. Yeah, you certainly would. Um, it's it's obvious. And what you know what these laws are victim disarmament laws. This is Free Talk Live. We got time for you if you want to join us here. Our number eight fifty five four fifty free. That's eight five five four five zero three seven three three. More about what ISIS had to say about the attacks coming up. Bitcoin.com recently reported Bitcoin transaction fees have increased by more than twelve hundred percent since twenty fifteen. To many Bitcoin proponents, the current fee market is moving way too fast, making Bitcoin unusable for certain transactions. The fee market and slow confirmation times have also increased the tension concerning the block size debate. However, if there are wallets with low amounts of Bitcoin that can't cover the fees, they become virtually unspendable. Learn more at news.bitcoin.com. That's news.bitcoin.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves here toll-free, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We've also got Skype, and you can Skype in here at username lrn.fm. With you in studio tonight, it's Ian. Jay. And Mark. Also, do want to let you know that Bitcoin.com is of the opinion that the current Bitcoin Core development team is not taking satisfactory steps to ensure the growth and advancement of Bitcoin in accordance with Satoshi Nakamoto's vision. That's the anonymous founder of Bitcoin. 
As the community efforts to resolve these problems have continued to fail, it's necessary to resolve them with a different approach. By using subreddit r slash BTC instead of r slash Bitcoin and running Bitcoin Unlimited, you're casting a vote against the current development team. Learn more at Bitcoin.com. And it looks like the tides are starting to change a little bit in this great race behind the scenes between the Bitcoin factions, uh, which have you know drawn off the you know the, the lines against one another. This and- is close to a nerd war as has ever existed yeah, i guess you're right about that this, i mean this isn't it, sega versus nintendo anymore this is like real <laughs> you know, i don't know what was it uh when um the the nerds got upset about uh women gamers i can't remember what gamer gamer gate. gate gamer gate now i wasn't privy to that in any way i read some article on it and all was just mildly amused by yeah, it we all. covered it a little bit here but i gotta say that the long knives are out on this and um it i mean we're lucky no one's getting run down with a four by four. I, you know, I it. will admit Roger Veer is a friend, and um, he is a, a sponsor of the show, and certainly mm-hmm. I have positive feelings for him. I, I mean, I don't. I'm I'm sure that the Bitcoin Unlimited people have uh, probably said and done as many bad things. I as bet the, you're right. Yeah. As the you know the the Segwit supporters. Mm-hmm. Um, well, well, not, not but, everybody who is a Bitcoin Unlimited supporter is against Segwit. So no. it's like well, Segwit's incorporatable are, into Bitcoin Unlimited. Yes, the, correct. The camps appear to be, be Bitcoin Core, which is the kind of the classic Bitcoin uh, setup that's been there for a long time, and then Bitcoin Unlimited, which is what Roger is supporting and bitcoin.com are supporting uh, which is the proposal to increase the block size which will supposedly help bitcoin scale to make it so that the fees go down and of course the other side saying they've got a plan to reduce the fees and it's just this this terrible ugly war that is uh, is going on within the bitcoin world so how many miners how what percentage of miners need to start doing bitcoin unlimited before it forks over to that well that's what i was saying was uh kind of what's changing a little bit here of the last few weeks there have been uh some defections i guess you could say from the people who were mining on the bitcoin core system who are now mining on the bitcoin unlimited system and they appear to be about ready to cross 40 percent in the last week uh, of the mining power they are jumping up uh, you know roger's a businessman and that's one of the things that uh it seems like is really lacking on the uh, segwit side is that the core side you mean the course well it's yeah. not the core side because there are some people who are running bitcoin unlimited and signaling for segwit as well so it's not that's you're not dividing the the sides correctly but here. the core side isn't a side either no um, because it's just what was there previously. So you can choose to do nothing, and you're just a core person. To do something, to advocate for something, mm-hmm. you have to choose uh, you know, one of these two, the SegWit side or the, the Bitcoin Unlimited side. No, Wouldn't you don't. You, agree? you can choose either or both. You can. So what, what's happening is, uh, and again, we're, we're really boiling this down as much as we possibly can. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of technical stuff that none of us here on the show really have a grasp on. Like but you're the tech guy. Generally. Exactly. What is SegWit? I couldn't tell you. It's a program. <laughs> it's a it's a program upgrade upgrade quote unquote upgrade. Supposedly to uh, other Bit- people say it's a mess of code and it's not going to be a good thing. They say the same Bitcoin. thing about Bitcoin Unlimited. That's right. <laughs> You're right. So you've got technical experts on both sides saying the technical experts on the other side are incompetent, right? And that the technical experts, you know, that their code's the best, and they're they're all saying the same thing. And as far as I'm concerned. 
I don't know, and I'm never going to know what's really the best. I don't have the technical capability to ascertain this kind of stuff, so I have to put my trust in the marketplace. But I have seen lie after lie. Um, Mostly, uh, when I see it, it's on the the, the people that are against Bitcoin Unlimited. Um, It seems like they say something and then you know, they say that Bitcoin Unlimited became closed uh, uh, you know, closed code. That's and not then, true either. Yeah, it's just a lie. Yeah. And then it goes everywhere, gets run all over the place. So, I mean, the, the sides are – the long knives are out. So the, the numbers right now – and there's a neat website called Coindance, coin.dance. Yeah. Strange uh, – TLD. I've never heard of dot .dance before this, but uh, coin.dance. It's you probably go the most visited dot .dance. Uh, I bet you're right. Um, uh, you go to blocks when you go there, so coin.dance slash blocks, and it shows you in the last week, so the last thousand blocks that were mined for Bitcoin, and then the last 144, which is the last 144, which would have been the last day's worth uh, of blocks, according to this. And so you can see that right now, it's at about 38.6% are mining for Bitcoin Unlimited, about 27.2%, and this is in the last week, about 27.2% are mining for SegWit. And uh, so neither of them are, are really to the point where they're going to be put into effect. But the Bitcoin Unlimited group can, in theory, split off, as I understand it, past 51%. Whereas the SegWit group has to reach 95% in order for its what's called soft fork to be put through. Whereas the Bitcoin Unlimited will be what's called a, likely will be what's called a hard fork. And what caused, allegedly what caused the Bitcoin price to fall late last week was the announcement from multiple exchanges, about almost 20 exchanges coming out and saying, that they are preparing for a hard fork. They're expecting that this may be an inevitability. Unless somebody can come to a negotiation table. Doesn't look and like this that's is happening. The thing. I've talked to Roger about this. I, I you know, I, I said, are you prepared to negotiate? Because he's being, uh, you know, talked about like a terrorist of some sort. Mm. And nobody wants, you know, every what negotiation looks like apparently with this group of people is we have stated our position. And you're stupid if you don't agree with it. And that's not negotiation. And, uh, you know, Roger's going around. He's getting mining uh, you know, mining companies to, to switch over to Bitcoin Unlimited. He's he's right. getting it done. I, One know, of the we're biggest... going to find out what happens when you pit a d- developer against a, uh, a businessman. I just well, want Bitcoin to work. Me too. <laughs> me too. And, <laughs> I mean, and so does Roger. So does everybody, I think. Right. I and mean, the idea that Roger Veer is somehow a bad guy is ridiculous. He's one of Bitcoin's earliest adopters. He's one of the people who put a lot of his own money into promoting Bitcoin. The reason they call him Bitcoin Jesus is because he is a, a nonstop evangelizer for this currency. So it's understandable that he feels like Bitcoin is under attack. And a lot of people feel like Bitcoin is under attack from within that the, you know, there, there's already been basically, and I, I'm not putting, I don't want to put words into Roger's mouth, but there was another article I was reading, not by him, but by another Bitcoin Unlimited supporter saying that Bitcoin has basically been successfully attacked from the inside, that it's been taken over by these anti-centralization or anti-decentralization, anti uh, the original vision of Satoshi right. forces. Well, uh, Gavin Andreessen was the guy that Satoshi Nakamoto um, gave the keys to the, uh, the, the the Bitcoin core. And they basically ran him out of the project. And they did. And maybe, you know, some people claim that was a good idea, that he was in, in the deep end of the pool and he didn't belong there. And I don't know the answer to that, but you're asking for a lot of faith. And essentially, um, you know, there's been a great deal of turnover in the developers, and it looks like Bitcoin's taken a turn. This 
this is, you know, this is, I'm only reporting here, I don't mm-hmm. know, um, taking a turn for something different. I can see the results are incredibly high fees. I paid uh, Daryl for uh, some lunch, $20, and it cost me a buck to send it. That's it's crazy. Yeah, people aren't going to do that no. for very long. Only a fanatic. And Only a Bitcoin fanatic like we are. I mean, we're early adopters. We love Bitcoin. The problem needs to be fixed and it needs to be fixed right. quick. Well, what I see the shift is going to go to, and I mentioned this a few weeks ago, is to these altcoins that are cheaper to exchange. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, instead of... They so, already are. Dash is over $100. It, yeah, and, and people have started using my uh, friend um, Alma Summer. I was talking to her about this about a month ago, and she was... was was talking about yeah it's cheaper to use dash so try to use dash and then just use bitcoin as like the reserve you know digital currency you kind of use it just to move large sums around not that's what the the core group wants bitcoin to be from what i understand that's what i've heard i don't know what the truth is but that's that's what i've heard they want is like bitcoin to be this store of value but if people aren't using it then it's not going to be as valuable yeah there's more coming up here in moments our toll-free number is 855 450 free in fact it's losing its value against the rest of the market we're coming up Hey, it's Free Talk Live, and you can bring up what you want. Just dial on in toll-free here. Our number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Well, we went from terrorism into the Bitcoin war that is going on. So I guess from one real scary war to a different kind of war that has a different uh, level of risk and different conflict entirely. But it is a heavy uh, conflict with people who are very passionate on both sides. Thankfully, no violence has occurred yet, but there have been things like hacks that have been talked about. There have been there was attacks. A, a DDS attack, yeah. Right. And DDoS. there was, I guess, some guy who is a Bitcoin miner uh, named, oh, I don't, I'm sorry, I forget, I'm forgetting his name right now, but there's another one who's flipped over to Bitcoin Unlimited, which is the new proposal for uh, the future of Bitcoin. He flipped today, and then one of the other supporters said that apparently now that guy's being spammed in his email box. I mean, so there's some very down and dirty tactics going on. And as you said, Mark, it's probably happening on both sides, uh, meaning that there are likely bad actors on either side. I'm only seeing it on the one side, but... There are probably also people who are acting as though they're supporters of the other side in order to make the other side look bad. Yeah. So, you know, who knows? It's, it's the, the internet. internet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all I know is, and I don't know which way is the right way to go. I know what Roger Veer says. I know what Bitcoin.com is saying. And I have a, a real appreciation for where they're coming from. I've personally chosen to run Bitcoin Unlimited Me on too. my computer. But I'm not a miner. So ultimately, I'm not a factor, as I understand it. I'm not an expert in, you know, what... The, the nodes apparently have some level of influence, but I don't know exactly what that is. And a node is somebody who's running either the Bitcoin Core or the Bitcoin Unlimited software on their, basically their desktop computer. You could run it on a laptop as well, but an internet connected, like actual computer. You can't get a full node software for a phone. So any of the Bitcoin wallets out there for a phone just act to send and receive and, and hold Bitcoin. Whereas when you run a full node, there's some more that that, 
that thing is doing. I think it's somehow verifying transactions, but I'm not exactly sure. So if you know more about that, you can call in. Toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. But all these big decisions about what's going to happen to Bitcoin are going to come from the miners. They're going to be the ones who ultimately make this decision. And right now, it seems like some of the miners, including one of the big players, Antpool, was the top player in the Bitcoin mining sphere, as I understand it. Now, there are several top players, and they were you know, very close in mining power to some of the other ones. But they made the flip to Bitcoin Unlimited about two or three weeks ago now. And that took them from, like, let's say, 25% of the mining power to 35% of the mining power. So a pretty big jump up. Uh, and then, I guess, Bitcoin's... Uh, this other guy, Chandler Guao was his name, G-U-O, mm-hmm. Guo. Uh, he flipped today, and so he apparently controls like 25 or 3% of the mining. So we're starting to see people dropping off from the Bitcoin core mining scene and into this Bitcoin Unlimited. And the closer and closer Bitcoin Unlimited gets, the more you know ridiculous behavior it seems like we're seeing from the other side who... And and these people feel very, very passionately on both sides about what's going to happen. But ultimately, Bitcoin itself seems to be suffering because of this uh, this internal fighting. Well, I mean, any any technology that's going through a change isn't going to is people are going to sort of hold back and see what happens. What seems clear to me is is that if there's a hard fork, um, like Ethereum had a hard fork and it wasn't it wasn't great for Ethereum for a while. But um, what has happened now is Ethereum's taken off the the uh, there was two. There were there were two coins created. It went from Ethereum into what Ethereum Classic was right. the other one. So Ethereum Classic is the original Ethereum blockchain, and Ethereum, the current, the you know bigger one, is the one that most of the miners went to when it when right. It, it was off. Um, and that. You know what I would say is going to happen when this occur- if this occurs in in Bitcoin is is that you will have it looks like one uh, original side where it costs a dollar or a dollar fifty to send and receive coins, and then a side where it costs. I don't know three cents to send and receive coins. Hopefully, hopefully that's yeah. that's the that's the way it used to be. That's my understanding. Once of the- upon a time, you could send bitcoins for no fee. In the yeah. very early days, you could do that. I did. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did too. But then I realized it's good to send a fee because so it what's it the cost miners. to maintain this network? Though, I mean, obviously, though, I mean, what I, I know when I when I buy electricity or my brother buys natural gas off the grid, he has to pay these fees to you know maintain the, the network. For example, so I mean, what I don't know nearly as much about Bitcoin as you guys do, but so the the, the network needs to be paid for or whoever's doing the transactions need to be rewarded i understand that's, right. that's how the miners are rewarded now but when bitcoin's done being mined where's the rewarding reward the mining gonna- fees so every time you send a bitcoin transaction there's that fee that mark is hoping we can get down to three cents that's now like up 50 cents to a dollar in a lot of cases those fees are going to the miners so even and, and the you're talking about a hundred years down the line, by the way. Right. So it's the, the the reward won't won't kick in for another hundred years. Um, we will all be Wait, writing, what reward won't kick in? The the the, the lack of reward. The, the reward oh, won't right. uh, cease won't to go exist away. Yeah. Um, until we're all cybernetic beings flying around on surfboards. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we got a long way to go. Right. I mean, <laughs> presuming Bitcoin lasts for a hundred years. Right. I mean, it's what are the odds that 
so it's going to stay if on this top problem forever. continues it may not last right. for two yeah at this point it's getting its uh it's you know its heels are being nipped at by these other cryptocurrencies like ethereum and dash ethereum now according to coincap.io which is a great site that'll show you the current price of hundreds of these altcoins Ethereum's at three point seven billion dollars market cap, and Bitcoin is at sixteen billion. Yep. Uh, and Ethereum's the first alternative to Bitcoin that has ever crossed the one billion dollar mark in market cap. And now you've got Dash rising very quickly at seven hundred twenty million. It's getting closer to hitting that billion. Monero's had a huge jump in the last couple of weeks too. Uh, so, in fact, we can talk about how Bitcoin is faring, even though its price is still pretty good. It's over a thousand dollars per unit. Compared to the rest of the marketplace, it's losing its value. Uh, let's go to Rod. He's calling from Canada. Rod, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Rod. Going once. He says he might be having some Skype problems. We'll see if we can get him uh, back on here in moments. Actually, that's uh, we'll give him one more shot here. Rod, are you with us? Rod? Yes, okay. I'm here. We hear you now. Go ahead, sir. Uh, sorry about that. Are no, you, no worries. Um, You're on the air. Um, yes. Yeah, so um, basically what the nodes do is that they uh, check the rules of the network. So you have certain rules like the block size or uh, whatever other rules there might be. And the nodes are checking whether those rules are being complied with. So uh, basically if uh, Bitcoin Unlimited forks or there's a change toward bitcoin unlimited um if the nodes don't change to that block change mm-hmm. blockchain then they won't be validating the bitcoin unlimited transactions basically and as i understand it now one of the points that uh michael who called in the other night to take the kind of let's stay the course side go with the core uh advocacy uh, advocacy is he's pointed out and i don't think he said this on the air but he pointed out to me privately that of the forty thousand nodes out there because there's only a few thousand miners but there's way more nodes as i understand it, i could be wrong about this but uh that of the forty thousand nodes only like two or three percent of them are running the bitcoin unlimited so like you and i mark we're running the bitcoin unlimited right i mean people That's who have a useless correct. uh essentially a useless node aren't going to feel uh obligated to get the the newest software this is one of the things that irritated me about the original qt software that they had previously is why doesn't this thing update on its own why do i have to go and run around and and go to some github site and and Mm -hmm. extra you know i don't want to do that crap so i just left the old one on and um you know the, the only thing that basically roger veer getting involved in it you know convinced me okay well i'll go ahead and get the upgrade and get the the bitcoin unlimited but otherwise i wouldn't have I'd so, be running so the same what happens thing. when you know let's say 80 percent of the miners go to bitcoin unlimited the you know there's this hard fork that occurs then 95 percent of the the nodes are not on the bitcoin unlimited system what 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 does that mean well basically you will um you will get bitcoins on both sides of the chain if the chain uh, forks right um and then um people will have to decide which uh change the chain they're going to be on if they're going to stay validating transactions for core or big or they could do both right like i could download bitcoin core and run that at the same time 
I guess so. Just have to have um, 200 gigabytes free because right now the uh, hundred the, now the Bitcoin blockchain is, I believe, over 100 gigabytes wow. in size. Can you so. add an external hard drive and uh, like get one of those four terabyte hard drives and, and store it on there? You certainly can. Okay. Uh, Rod, stand by. If you, do you have time, Rod? Because you sound like you know I a do. thing or two about this. I, I do. I'm, sure, I'm interested sure. in having you weigh in on this whole Bitcoin war controversy, and we'll see where Rod uh, is going to come down on this. Because people feel strongly about it, and uh, like you said, Mark, this is the closest thing we've ever had to a geek war. And I'm a little lost. Yeah, with real consequences. (laughs) And yeah, let's make sure we don't go over anybody's heads if we can here. Coming up, Free Talk Live. The Free State Project has reached its goal of 20,000 liberty lovers who've pledged to move to New Hampshire and get active to achieve liberty in our lifetime. Perhaps you're trying to figure out what part of New Hampshire should be your destination. If so, consider Keene. You'll find more than 150 reasons to move to Keene at move.freekeene.com. Keene is famous for its historic, publicity-generating activism, as well as being the liberty media capital of the world. It's home to freekeene.com, New Hampshire's destination for liberty activism, news, and opinion. For years, we've been compiling over 150 reasons to move to Keene at move.freekeene.com, where you'll learn about some of what's happening here and what makes Keene a great place to live. If you love liberty, you'll probably enjoy anywhere you end up in the Shire. But do your due diligence first. Please visit move.freekeen.com for the full list of over 150 reasons to move to Keene. That's move.freekeen.com. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Dial toll-free. Bring up what you want. We're talking about the Bitcoin war that is going on. People have dug in. They've taken sides. They're lobbying digital bombs at one another. I mean, <laughs> the the analogy is beginning to fall apart. Yeah, the equivalent of it. I mean, they uh, they are talking about like attacking blockchains and things like that. There's been a threat from the uh, apparently from Bitcoin Unlimited supporters. This this new proposal to supposedly get back to the original vision for Bitcoin. Uh, that they've said that they, if they get enough of mining power, that they will try to crush the old blockchain out of existence somehow. I'm not exactly sure how that works, uh, but there have also been proposals to attack the Bitcoin Unlimited uh, people on the other side. And it's getting ugly. It's been ugly for a while, and it just seems to be getting uglier. We've got Rod on the line. It's Ian and uh, Jay and Mark in the studio here in Keene, New Hampshire. Rod, you're on from Canada, and I wanted to just kind of have you weigh in on all this. Uh, what do you think about the different options for the future of this cryptocurrency, the world's first and most successful cryptocurrency, Bitcoin? Well, well, first of all, I, I would like to get something out of the way. I love Roger. I mean, he has supported. You know, uh, Ross Ulbricht, and he's just a great guy. So when I get mad at Roger, I feel like I'm getting mad at a soccer mom. You know, I like I, I really feel bad, but I am a bit, uh, you know, mad because um, I don't know if you know that Bitcoin Unlimited has had several bad bugs already. Um, one of them where uh, Bitcoin Unlimited, the company, lost like, I don't know, tens of thousands of dollars because of they botched a, uh, a, um, 
a block. Um, And then so that's about it was about twelve thousand dollars. And that what Roger said regarding that was he was they were experimenting. There was only one way to find out. And that was, you know, it's like a car. You're never going to know whether it starts until you turn the key. So not really. I mean, Andreas Antonopoulos said that all these bugs should have been tested before the the software was put onto the network okay. like uh, Andreas Antonopoulos said that this is not how you how you write uh, software professionally and and so i have a big problem with bitcoin unlimited because of that um i i feel like the core uh, team has over a hundred developers, and they are just incredible people. And they are not there because they're being funded by by one person who is picking them. It's a big project. It's a big open source project. And if your proposal is not good enough, it will just not be merged. Now, what do you have to say to the claim? And I saw this claim on an article uh, like a week or two ago. The claim that. There's this big company called Blockstream that has apparently gotten $100 million in funding from a big mega bank uh, and that they have bought up a bunch of these Bitcoin developers and basically have them in their pocket in a plan to bring centralization into Bitcoin. I mean, what do you think about that? Is there truth to that? Um, I don't believe there is truth to that because uh, Adam Back, who is the... Which part's the- not true because I did check some of the claims. I did check to see... Uh, I mean, it Blockstream, is true. Blockstream it is, has gotten at least $55 million from this mega bank. Yes, that part is true. Is it, it, is it true. not true that they're hiring Bitcoin programmers? Because I've, it, it is true. It's it true. It is true that they're okay. hiring people. But um, the people that they're hiring, I mean, it's open source, right? So mm-hmm. it's, you can't, you can't re- really put anything you know, on, uh, through the back door. It's all open. It's open source, and, but if they can bribe these programmers into doing what they want, and that's what the allegation is, is that money changes people and that uh, you know, some of these programmers who might have been more decentralization friendly when they're getting paid by a bank that wants them to centralize uh, Bitcoin might be willing to change their mind about that. Um, I, I that just means you believe... can read the code, that it's open source. Not just anybody can change Bitcoin, right? Only certain core programmers, which this Blockstream company allegedly controls all of those people, can make the those changes isn't that right i i, I yeah i mean that that would be uh, no they're not the only people that can change the 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 code anybody can merge code into bitcoin core and these developers are not the only ones that are contributing but there's something they, that stops certain code from getting merged in right like because otherwise you and, just merge in a block size increase uh, right right and it would be the community of all of those hundred developers mm-hmm. how many of the hundred are getting decide. paid by blockstream that i don't know i uh, i have no idea but it's a it's a it's a minority. Well, right? hold and on. When you say it's, um, my understanding is, is there are very there's there's these core developers and there's a small handful of them, not hundreds no, of them. No, that's not true. It's over a hundred people. That's one of the things that Roger has been saying that is not true. Okay. Um, and um, I don't know where he gets his information from regarding this issue. He's saying now, I heard there were only does- like five head developers. That there may be other people who contribute to the project, but there are only really like. A handful of uh, you know 
uh, head that, people. That that's very possible. That's mm -hmm. very possible. But the whole community of developers is over a hundred, and it's not closed. Mm -hmm. Anybody can contribute, and anybody can review the code. But that same conspiracy theory has been thrown on the side of Roger. People have been have been saying that Roger that he's funding been, things. Sure. It, well, and that he's, he's funding sure he things, is. or that the miners are 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 in cahoots with him because they want. I don't know. I I don't really. I don't really believe in these uh, conspiracy theories. I really think that in this particular case, uh, people are uh, trying to do what they think is best for Bitcoin. Yeah, that's definitely both true. Sides. Yeah, that's um, true. Oh, I agree with do that. Do you think this is going to come down different to visions? You know? Yeah, and and they're so starkly contrasted right now. It seems that there's it's very unlikely that there's going to be some sort of coming together. And I so, mean, oh, like, and, and the point that I would make on this is that Roger wasn't messing with you know wasn't uh, proposing an alternative um, when. Things were going. Uh, things were things sucked in Bitcoin before Bitcoin Unlimited came along. Right, there was the, Bitcoin the fees Classic were going up that. and up and up, and the miners like the fees to go up. But what they don't understand is is that um, you know that drives people off to altcoins. So. I mean, even if there's some problems with Bitcoin Unlimited as a uh, as a program, and I, believe me, you shouldn't take any of my advice as a programmer. Uh, but I, I, you know, even if that's the case, there are some problems with Bitcoin as it ex existed before the, uh, Bitcoin Unlimited came along, right? Y yes, absolutely. But the thing is that this this update that that has just been made with segregated wit witness with Bitcoin Core took an entire year to test. This is what quality code. Code takes it takes a long time to test it and to know that it's not going to wreck the whole twenty billion dollar economy. But segregated witness isn't segwit isn't going to uh, solve the block size issue. It, it it is it elevates the it takes away the signatures from the blocks. So basically, it renders the current blocks up to two megabytes. So, so they're claiming doubles. that it's going to put less info in uh, with each transaction, and therefore so, the current one megabyte block can hold basically it, two megabytes worth. Exactly. Of, yeah. So right away, you would have twice as much space. But you've got to get uh, to ninety five percent of acceptance on this SegWit thing, right? And and right now it's at around thirty percent. Uh, on the mining side, uh -huh. but I just looked at the nodes that are explicitly supporting segregated witness, not just people that haven't updated or things like that. And it's uh, above 60 percent, possibly around 65 percent. And Bitcoin Unlimited is only at 4.8 percent. Yeah. So uh, the community... Uh, is for the most part with core and the miners are for the most part with bitcoin unlimited rod so, thanks for the call tonight man i appreciate hearing from you the toll-free number here 855-450-FREE that's 855-450-3733 we go from a rod to a roger uh roger veer is with us uh you're on free talk or he was and then his call just uh, abruptly ended so we're going to try to get him back on here from bitcoin.com uh, the toll-free number, if you want to join us, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Of course, you can take control of the airwaves here, bring up anything you want. What will the future of Bitcoin be? And who's really taking what side? I mean, according to that last caller, the community is in favor of the original Bitcoin core, uh, not Bitcoin Unlimited, but the miners seem to be flipping towards Bitcoin Unlimited. I want to know. 
what way is going to get the fees back down to where they were. We'll continue. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number tonight is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. And we've got Skype. Our Skype username is lrn.fm. That's actually where the last couple calls came in, which means that uh, you sound good when you're on Skype as compared to the phones. But we can take your calls at 855-450-FREE. It's Ian, Jay, and Mark in the studio. And healthcare is pretty messed up in the United States. It'd be nice if we had a healthcare system that focuses on health instead of sickness but unfortunately, the government has pretty much ruined uh, health care in the United States and uh, whatever their proposals are to try to fix things, you should know in advance, they're probably not going to have the intended effects. They will likely have unintended consequences and probably make things worse rather than better. But regardless, instead of waiting for the government to solve the problem that they created, uh, you can go right now to healthexcellenceselect.com and choose a free market healthcare company that can actually give you freedom from health insurance. And a proactive health assessment daily, no charge 24-hour access to doctors, including traditional, integrative, chiropractic, acupuncture, and massage Plus, you get a medical information card you can give to EMS, first responders, the emergency room, or whatever medical professional you want. You'll love the service and price from HealthExcellenceSelect.com. Again, that's HealthExcellenceSelect.com. As we continue here with your calls and thoughts, we go to Roger Veer, who is on the line with us here uh, from Tokyo, where it's uh, tomorrow morning already. And, Roger, I don't know how much of that last conversation you heard, uh, but one of the last points that was made, and, uh, and, and Mark, you had a good point during the break, is, you know, what does all this even mean to the average listener? I mean, we've been getting into this war, this Bitcoin war, and we all have a stake in it because we're all into Bitcoin, all of us on the show at least. We're into Bitcoin, but why should somebody who's listening to their radio in, you know, Eureka, California... Uh, this hour, who doesn't have Bitcoin, even give a damn about all this? Well, Bitcoin very clearly is the future of money. So if everyone in the entire planet is going to be using this, this is something that's going to affect all of humankind. So uh, anybody should be interested in it. And if you're not interested in helping all of humankind, be interested in helping yourself at uh, saveitpurse.com. You can get 15 or 20% off everything at Amazon. So yeah. there's reasons for everybody in the world to care about Bitcoin. That, that alone right there is reason number one to get into Bitcoin because you can save big time over at Amazon, as we talked about earlier tonight. Um, and so this, 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 this discussion, this fight, this geek war uh, that is going on behind the scenes of Bitcoin, it's just it doesn't seem to be getting any better. The last caller pointed out, uh, just moments before we brought you on the line, that he says the Bitcoin community supports the Bitcoin Core, the original software uh, that uh, you're promoting, Bitcoin Unlimited, which is the competitor. He says that of the the nodes out there, even though the miners seem to be switching to the Bitcoin Unlimited, that the nodes are by and far like 90% of them are or more are on the the older system. So what is that? What is you know? What do you say to that? So that's inaccurate on a couple of levels, actually. So uh, number one is it's super easy for anyone to spin up a node or spin up 100 nodes. Uh, number two is there's lots and lots of Bitcoin Unlimited nodes. Like I'm sitting here at the Bitcoin.com office in Tokyo, mm-hmm. and we have a bunch of Bitcoin Unlimited nodes that we have to identify to the rest of the network as being Bitcoin Core nodes. Because if we identify them as Bitcoin Unlimited nodes, they get attacked by Bitcoin Core supporters, and they'll try to DDoS our nodes and bump them off the network. Really? And uh, so there's there's... We don't know the exact number, but I'm sure that there's at least dozens, if not a hundred or hundreds of plus 
Bitcoin Unlimited nodes around the world that are identifying themselves as Bitcoin core nodes simply so they don't get DDoSed by these core supporters. And it's really said, I like to think that it wouldn't happen from the Bitcoin Unlimited side to the core side. Uh, I can't say that that's for certain, but uh, but uh, I'm sorry, I got that's a right. little distracted here. So we can't, we can't say that it's uh, completely the case, but uh, there's been all sorts of attacks from the core supporters on Bitcoin Unlimited nodes, on anybody who supports Bitcoin Unlimited's email box. Everybody at Bitcoin.com has had our email boxes flooded day after day with thousands of spam messages. Hmm. Any other public figure that's uh, posts on Twitter or Facebook or anything in support of Bitcoin Unlimited has their email box uh, attacked. Mining pool operators that recently switched to Bitcoin Unlimited had their email boxes attacked. Everybody's websites are being attacked. And these are all coming from core supporters towards the Bitcoin Unlimited supporters. And I like to think that it wouldn't happen in the reverse. I know I certainly wouldn't attack anybody else's website in, in that case. Mm -hmm. um, I can't say for sure that nobody on the Bitcoin Unlimited side sure. would do that. But we know for sure that tons of that has been happening from the core supporting side, uh, almost to the point of threats of physical violence towards a number of uh, people that support Bitcoin Unlimited, which that's not appropriate in any way whatsoever. Well, it, whenever uh, you make really a pa post on... I'm sorry, uh, Roger. Whenever you make a post on Facebook, I mean, just a pile of people jump in and say, you're an idiot. You Like, they don't make any state, they don't even make any substantive statements. And when I ask them, they'll either, uh, you know, spit out some gobbledygook that I don't understand, or um, they'll they'll just continue on diatribes. Um, so, you know, that's what my experience has been. But I can see why people would be upset um, I mean, in many cases, this is their money. Yeah, their fortunes are uh, wrapped up here, and uh, they they want them to be protected. And some of them are going to believe, believe that uh, you know they're that sticking with core is going to protect it, and some of them would believe that uh, going with Bitcoin Unlimited would protect it. What do you say to those people? Yeah, I, I think uh, I think people on both sides have good intentions for the most part. Uh, I think the people on the core side they don't understand. What makes Bitcoin useful as money? And Core's roadmap, they intentionally call for the blocks to be full, which will cause slow confirmation times and cause the fees to be included in those blocks to be very, very high. That undermines Bitcoin's usefulness as money. And if you undermine Bitcoin's usefulness as money, people aren't going to use it as money. And if people aren't using it as money, the value is going to go plummet. So any money that people are saving in Bitcoin, the value is going to go down if we undermine Bitcoin's usefulness as money. So that's why I support Bitcoin Unlimited. I want to see Bitcoin be used by more people around the world. And if it's used by more people around the world, the price goes up and mm -hmm. it, it's able to, all these people that had Bitcoin from early on are going to be able to do more businesses and do more things that help make the whole world a better place. Uh, there's a thousand and one other cryptocurrencies out there that would love to usurp uh, Bitcoin's top spot in the cryptocurrency world. And, and they're ready don't to. Don't think that they're not trying hard. Yeah, they're mm -hmm. ready to. They want to. Yep. Look at how far Dash has come recently. Indeed. And, uh, um, take a look at Dash. The But, um, you know, of course, what these people would say is, is great, Roger, you want to see Bitcoin do well. We want to see Bitcoin do well. Just support segregated witness, this other the other option, or not exactly the other option, but just support segregated witness, and we'll all get what we want. Bitcoin Jesus, get on board. So I, I heard a bit of what the last caller was saying in regards to that, and I, the argument I heard him making was that segregated witness had people spent so much time and so much effort to produce it, and you know hours and hours, and then you know over a year worth of time and effort went into producing segregated witness. Well, that's what's called the sunk cost fallacy. Just because you spend hours and hours, or days or years or months, or working on something, doesn't mean that it's the right thing to do, and it doesn't mean that people should implement it. If you spend ten hours baking uh, mud pies. 
and one hour uh, baking apple pies, it doesn't mean that the mud pie is better than the apple pie because you spent 10 times as much time on the mud pie. And that's potentially the same case with segregated witness here. The problems that segregated witness solves aren't the problems that need to be solved urgently on the Bitcoin network. The problems that need to be solved urgently right now today are the high fees and long confirmation times. And segregated witness doesn't do anything to alleviate that. In well, they claim, he claimed that it would, that uh, it would result in essentially a two megabyte block because it would cut some information from each transaction. Yeah, so that's only if 100% of the wallets uh, adopted. And there's a lot of fuzzy math in regards to just how much savings segregated witness would provide. But uh, again, that's not enough, and expecting all the wallets to adopt it instantly uh, is is naive as well. Roger, Whereas do you have time for more questions? You got it. All right, Roger Veers with us uh, in Tokyo. If you've got a question, toll-free number 855-450-FREE. It's Free Talk Live. Ross Ulbricht was convicted in early 2015 of running the infamous Silk Road Underground Market. The Silk Road was a gift to humanity and helped reduce the harms brought on by drug prohibition. For this good deed, Ross has been sentenced to life in prison with no possibility of parole. Now, an appeal is Ross's only chance, and he needs your support. Please visit FreeRoss.org, where you can contribute via various methods, including Bitcoin. Visit FreeRoss.org. That's FreeRoss.org. This is Free Talk Live, and of course, you can take control of the airwaves toll-free. Our number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. And you can Skype in here at Skype username LRN.FM. MyPillow! I use it every night. It's fantastic. Uh, So good that I I realized I needed to get one for the Studio Beast. So Jazzy's got a MyPillow. That's going to be coming here soon. I'm very, very excited about. <laughs> you bought that. a my pillow for your dog. Yeah, she's you know she's old. She's 13 years old, and uh, she has had some bladder issues, as older dogs tend to do. Uh, she's on a some kind pill. of uh, pill for that. Uh, I believe it is a steroid of, of some sort, so yeah. it makes the uh, the bladder muscles stronger. And uh, you were the one who told me it was a steroid, Jay, actually. Yep, yep. And that's that pill's working pretty well, but she still had one issue within the last week. So uh, The nice thing about my pillow is you can wash it. When was exactly. the last time your pillow got washed? Right. That's what I was thinking was, you know, this the bed that she has here in the studio smells a little bit like pee, even though I've you know done my best to kind of spot All scrub the products it. and stuff. Uh, but it, no one's know, cleaner than you are. It's, it's going to get in there. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to get in there and you can't wash these things. So rather than going out and buying some other bed, why not just get a MyPillow? Uh, you go to MyPillow.com. Now, code FTL gets you half off the regular pillow, but it only gets you 30% off the dog bed, just so you know. I did use it, of course, uh, but you know, there you go. Half off regular folks' pillows for animal beds. You get 30% off with code FTL over at MyPillow.com. And yeah, you can put it in your washer. You can put it in your dryer, which is an amazing feature. It's also designed to fit to the shape of your body and hold your neck in the proper position. So I'm very excited that my Jazzy is going to have a, an, an even nicer uh, bed for us. I didn't know they made a dog bed. Yeah, I didn't a, either. A new thing? No, it's been there. Oh, it's okay. been there. I just realized it the other night. I'm like, you know I what? This thing smells it's like great pee. great you can't wash a dog bed. <laughs> right. Yeah, my brother's dog dog could use one because that dog is just always wanting to be on somebody's, on somebody's bed. Yeah. And maybe if we get her a nice bed of her own, she'll uh, stay on her own. 
Well, you know, even if for whatever reason she doesn't like it, I'm sure I can find a use for a bigger MyPillow. Anyway, MyPillow.com, code FTL, like Free Talk Live, to get yourself the discount as we go back to Roger Veer. He's with us uh, from Tokyo, taking time out of his morning, which I'm sure you've got a lot of things uh, that you could be doing, Roger. So I appreciate you spending time uh, fielding questions from uh, people who are way less informed on this issue. I'm talking about the people in the studio here. I mean, we know, we know a little bit about Bitcoin uh, but we're no, nowhere near as deep into it as you or some of these programmers are, and I appreciate you uh, answering some questions here. And Obviously, there's a very contentious debate going on within the Bitcoin community about this, but as you've pointed out, there are some Bitcoin communities that won't even allow this debate to occur. There has been censorship in some of the main Bitcoin discussion forums out there, including on uh, Slash Bitcoin on Reddit, so you went out there and you created your own alternatives, like slash BTC, isn't that right? Actually, somebody else created it, and then uh, they thought that it would get more traction if they turned myself over to being the, the head moderator there. So I see. Uh, I, I participate from time to time, but I didn't start it, and uh, basically I'm just a user there. But it has about half the traction now, which is really great to see uh, uh, compared to our, our Bitcoin. So uh, it's growing. Come join the free and open speech discussion at RBTC rather than RBitcoin on Reddit. And it's really telling when you look at both communities, the difference is there. And uh, on lots of threads on RBitcoin, about 50% of the comments have been deleted. And that's that's just crazy. That's what I've been doing is I've been looking at, at both of them to see, all right, what are the Bitcoin people saying? All right, what are the BTC you know people saying? Trying to get different sides uh, on this thing, because I, you know, it's hard to figure out who's telling the truth here, Roger. I mean, I obviously trust you. You're a longtime friend of the show, longtime supporter. But there, you know, within the both of these sides, there are very similar claims being made. So one of them is, oh, the programmers on the other side are bad. Uh, they don't know what they're doing. The code is bad. And I've seen that claim from people who support Bitcoin Unlimited and people who support Bitcoin Core. Uh, the, the guy who was on the phone earlier, Rod, in Canada, said that Bitcoin Unlimited had a, a major bug and that it never should have been tested on the live network, that it wasn't tested offline. What do you, you know, what's, a, what's the case with that? So uh, Bitcoin Unlimited did have uh, two bugs recently, actually, that were uh, exploited and attacked by Bitcoin Core in an attempt to take as many nodes offline as they possibly could. Uh, it was really interesting watching the double standard that took place in regards to both of those bugs. In the first bug, uh, they published the, the patch publicly for the whole world to see. So, And as soon as the patch was published to the software, core supporters uh, saw that what the bug was and then used that bug to be to attack the, the Bitcoin Unlimited nodes on the network uh, because the patch was public where anyone could see it. When the second bug was noticed, they released a patch for it, but it was only available to people privately that asked for about 24 hours so that everybody could upgrade their nodes. And then once... Uh, once the nodes were upgraded, they made it public. So mm. now it's, it's been open source. So, so the, the reason time, why people it, were able to be attacked on the first one was because the, you know, the people who were hostile were able to see what the vulnerability was so they could then be better at attacking. And because people hadn't all upgraded their software, they were vulnerable still. So, the, so keeping it under wraps for 24 hours helped protect them the second time around. Right, but the irony here is the first time around, all the core supporters screamed and howled and said, you guys are a bunch of idiots for letting your, your, your code be public before the patch had been deployed to everybody who needed it. 
On the second time around, when they kept it secret while everybody was de deploying the patch, they screamed and howled and said, oh, Bitcoin Unlimited is closed source. <laughs> and so they, it was Which just is a such lie. an incredible I mean, double standard. Yeah, yes. sounds that way. Now, um, you know, so people so, – uh, the, the claim is from the caller that was on previously, Rod, um, that – this is not the way you roll out software, Roger. Why do you even have to patch this stuff? Um, there's some truth to that, but uh, there's also a lot of truth that the economic code that's motivating and driving the Bitcoin core developers is a giant bug or a, a completely broken. They're intentionally advocating for having high fees on Bitcoin transactions and full blocks that cause Bitcoin transactions to take hours or days to confirm. If that's not a bug, I don't know what uh, one is. And that's a bug in the economic code, though, which is just as important as the software code. Uh, soft, bugs in software codes are bad. Bugs in the economic code underlying Bitcoin is bad, too. And I think in the long run, bugs in the economic code of Bitcoin, if people don't realize that they're a bug and don't work to correct and fix them, that's going to lead to the, the downfall of Bitcoin and Bitcoin being surpassed by some other cryptocurrency. So it was nice. Bitcoin Unlimited uh, had these bugs pointed out to them, and within a, a couple of hours, they were fixed, and the patch was out there for the world. Yeah, and Bitcoin, I thought you guys uh, Horace had reacted quickly. Go ahead, Mark. Um, now, let me ask you this: So, Bitcoin is, uh, you know, Bitcoin is what it is, and it has a one megabyte, megabyte block size limit. Why wouldn't Bitcoin Unlimited just be a ripoff of Bitcoin's code and then changing the one little line that has the the block size limit, and then you wouldn't have any bug issues? Uh, the other things that Bitcoin Unlimited is trying to improve are fantastic. It's resulted in about a 24 times improvement in the speed in which blocks are propagated around the network. So that, that means that potentially with a 24 megabyte block, it would propagate just as quickly as an old one megabyte block would have with the old system. So those are fantastic improvements, which are, which are great. Unfortunately, some bugs came along with that. But the nice part about it, now that Bitcoin Unlimited has over 40% uh, of the worldwide hash rate, uh, lots and lots of eyes are on the Bitcoin Unlimited code and uh, finding these bugs, that's improving the software. Now those bugs no longer exist. They've been fixed. So it's making Bitcoin Unlimited uh, stronger and stronger because more and more people are looking at the code and finding the issues so that they can be fixed. So that's the exact sort of a peer review that needs to be happening with Bitcoin Unlimited. Unfortunately, it's in a bit of a hostile environment. Um, but at the same time, the end result is that those bugs are now being fixed. If Bitcoin Unlimited's uh, two-block size suddenly gets filled up and prices go up again, what can you do about that? I mean, do you have to then do this whole thing over again with a four-megabyte block size, or is there some kind of way that the software can be changed? That's what's so nice about Bitcoin Unlimited, is if Bitcoin Unlimited is adopted, this block size scaling issue is solved once and for all, so that two years from now we won't have to be having the same exact argument again. Bitcoin Unlimited puts the block size limit in the hands of all the users that are running the nodes, so they can just configure it right there in their software what the maximum block size they're willing to accept is. So now, right now, it's controlled by you know a couple dozen core developers who decide for everybody in the entire world what the maximum block size is. Bitcoin Unlimited puts that choice in the hands of anyone who's running a node. I got more questions. Do you have time, Roger? Yep, one more second. All right, one more with Roger Veer here, and of course, you can share your thoughts with us. The toll-free number, if you want to join us, 855-450-FREE. The most important conflict in the world economically is this Bitcoin war that is going on. And it's hard to pick a side. I got to tell you, there's a lot of uh, back and forth here. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in, toll free, bring up anything you want. Our number here, 855-450-FREE. 
We're talking about the geek war that's going on behind the scenes in Bitcoin, although it seems to be maybe spilling out to some extent in the mainstream media. I think I saw a Forbes article today that uh, was going into great detail about what all this is, what's happening, and you know what are the different sides. So, I mean, obviously Forbes is kind of a money thing, but again, the word's going to start getting out that Bitcoin is unstable. It really is behind the scenes, and it's it's getting harder and harder for me to feel confident about recommending it to, let's say, local business owners. I'm worried that I'm going to, you know, sign somebody on with uh, with Bitcoin, get them to start accepting this uh, currency, and then there's going to be this hard fork, and then i got to come back in and say, well, uh... Now there's two Bitcoins and you need to pick which one or both, you know, if you want to start accepting both Bitcoins because it's it's getting ugly out there. There's a possibility for a hard fork, which could result in two different competing Bitcoins, although some people are saying that only one will be the true Bitcoin. Now, Roger Veer is with us from Bitcoin.com. And Roger, I appreciate you spending the extra time here to field some of uh, of our questions uh, there was actually a question from Daryl Perry, who's listening in the other room. He he wants to know about this Lightning Network. So the other side, the Bitcoin Core, you're you're supporting Bitcoin Unlimited, the new sort of challenger to uh, the old Bitcoin Core software. Uh, the other side, the Bitcoin Core side, has this segregated witness that we've talked a little bit about, uh, which some people are saying is like a mess of code and not really that good anyway. But what about this Lightning Network that's been proposed? I mean, the claim is here that uh, Bitcoin is slow because the blocks are getting filled. And I've heard, you know, the rumor is this Lightning Network somehow going to solve that. Uh, what do you think about it? Uh, I think people on both sides of this debate uh, are in favor of Lightning Network. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Lightning Network at this point doesn't exist. It's, uh, it's an idea. It needs to be implemented. It needs to be tested. Uh, and it's years away from being able to be used by by the masses. And in the meantime, we need to make sure that Bitcoin continues to grow to accommodate new users. And I have your same fear at this point. Like I used to love telling everybody about Bitcoin. I used to love setting them up with wallets. I used to love giving them a dollar worth of Bitcoin mm-hmm. so that everybody could see the magic uh, of Bitcoin. And back then it was magical because the transactions were instant uh, and they were confirmed in the next block pretty much all the time. They cost a fraction of a penny. They were basically free. Now, uh, yesterday, I set up two people with a Bitcoin wallet. It cost 50 cents each for me to send them some Bitcoin. It's, crazy. it's not very magical anymore. And who knows how long it took for those uh, transactions to get confirmed in a block. It's not magical like it used to be. It's intentionally been undermined by the Bitcoin core team. And they claim that these high fees and, and full blocks and long confirmation times are a good thing. And for anybody who actually uses Bitcoin in payments, they know it's not. And one of the other things that I found really interesting is pretty much every time I ask one of these ardent core supporters, it turns out they rarely use Bitcoin as payment. When I debated uh, Johnny from Blockstream in Arcapulco a couple of weeks ago, he said he uses Bitcoin less than one time per month. I use Bitcoin more times than I can count. In fact, during the commercial break, I was sitting here doing Bitcoin transactions. I did three of them during the commercial break. I use it all the time. There's a giant problem on the network. Yeah, um, I, I I feel absolutely um, the same. And one of the things that I feel like was really been destroyed is the idea of micropayments. The idea was at some point in the future, um, when we have a digital currency and, and internet for you know money on the internet, that people would be able to sort of like things by throwing a dime or a nickel or maybe even a quarter at somebody. Um, you know, currently that's not possible with credit card payments and the fees and all those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. But Bitcoin had made it possible. The, the software just hadn't really gotten there that you could uh, send people tips 
quickly and easily for comments that they made online or articles that they wrote or podcasts that they did or videos or whatever they might have done, but a way to toss a, a, a coin in somebody's hat quickly on the internet, and then these coins would quickly add up for people and make it worth doing uh, what they do without costing anybody any kind of significant money. And now that's not possible. Yeah, that use case has been destroyed too, and, and it's really frustrating because the current court team, they, they seem perfectly willing to damage the Bitcoin that we all know and love in the hopes of creating these layer two technologies like Lightning Network, which hopefully will work, but we don't know yet. And you certainly shouldn't break something that has an eight-year track record of working amazingly well. Don't break that, and they're intentionally breaking it right now, and that's why I support uh, Bitcoin Unlimited. And, uh, and their dev team, because they have the right underlying economic code and ideas. We need to make Bitcoin the most useful currency we possibly can uh, if we want people to use it. Uh, Bitcoin is unlike dollars or euros or yen. It was such an amazing form of money that people started using it without anybody telling them to use it because it was so much better than everything else that was available to them. That wonderfulness that Bitcoin used to have, that moneyness that it used to have, is being undermined and intentionally damaged by the Bitcoin core uh, dev team, and they don't understand that. And I don't think it's out of malice. I don't think that they're hired by the CIA to destroy Bitcoin. I think they don't understand what Bitcoin is. The CEO of uh, Blockstream, the main company that's funding a bunch of the core developers, had a personal invitation from Satoshi Nakamoto, the creator of Bitcoin, to get involved in Bitcoin right away from day one uh, because he's an amazing programmer and cryptographer. He ignored Satoshi's uh, invitation. He didn't get involved in Bitcoin in any way at all until Bitcoin hit $1,000 for the first time. Hmm. And that shows that, yeah, maybe he understands the cryptography that underlies Bitcoin. He doesn't understand why Bitcoin is useful as money, or he would have been just like I was. When I heard about Bitcoin, I realized that it was the best form of money the world has ever seen. And so I got involved when it was about a dollar a Bitcoin. I didn't wait until it was $1,000 a Bitcoin. So I'm sure Adam Back is a million times better a computer programmer and cryptographer than I am, but he doesn't understand why Bitcoin is useful as money, and he's unintentionally damaging Bitcoin's usefulness as money. And that's why I'm so, so, so concerned for the future of Bitcoin. So is it the intent of the folks that you know are the core team or the Sed- Sedgwick folks to uh, have Bitcoin evolve into like a reserve currency, kind of like how gold is used today? Because that's kind of what what I'm understanding about this is 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 that kind of what what their intent is to you know do what they want to do? Yeah, a lot of them seem to have that intent, but I think a lot of people don't understand that the reason that Bit- that gold is used as a store of value or as a way of savings today is because previously it was used as a medium of exchange. Right, because it has history. Because gold, that's right, it has a history as being used as a medium of exchange. It was because it was used as a medium of exchange that it was able to become a store of value. And Bitcoin's the same way. If people use it as a medium of exchange, then it can become a store of value. But it can't become that store of value without it also being used as a medium of exchange. And I think a lot of these core supporters think that it can only be a that it can jump directly to being a store of value without it needing to be used as a medium of exchange. And that's why I'm so concerned, because Bitcoin's usefulness as a medium of exchange is being severely undermined. Those people don't understand what happened to Friendster or MySpace. They don't understand that technologies can be replaced by newer, better technologies. And if a technology that's calling itself a currency, or intends to be a currency, um, is better than Bitcoin significantly, then it could come along and take that slot. And Bitcoin is, um, because of the because of the problems currently in the Bitcoin network, that opportunity has been kicked, the door's been kicked wide open. 
I feel this this e-currency, this digital currency cannot be tr- treated like physical currency or like precious metals. And I, I almost feel it's like where, where these guys are looking to go with the uh, core team. And, and yeah, because Bitcoin is just, from what I can tell, it's just going to be rendered useless as soon as we're not, everybody's not trading it or we're right. not trading it every day. And Bitcoin has its lowest share of the crypto coin market cap that it's ever had. It's just hovering above 70%. Uh, whereas just back as recently as uh, 2014-ish, it was up in, you know, about 95%. Yeah, it's a uh, huge it's been going drop. down, down, down since the network became congested. Because when things cost more, people use less of it. Uh, and when Bitcoin transactions cost more, people will make fewer Bitcoin transactions. And when the confirmation times are longer, people will be less inclined to use Bitcoin. Yep. And we're seeing a flood of people into using altcoins rather than Bitcoin. As the Bitcoin price has stayed about the same between, you know, $900 and $1,200 uh, over the last few days, uh, the altcoins have just skyrocketed in value. So that means all the new people that are coming into Bitcoin and their capital, uh, the vast, vast majority of it is going into altcoins, not into Bitcoin. And that's because that's of sad. Bitcoin's network congestion that's making it Bitcoin not as useful. Quick question about uh, what I've seen from some of the people on the Bitcoin Unlimited side. The claim is if the hard fork happens that some of them are saying they want to crush uh, the old b- blockchain with their mining power somehow. That doesn't sound very friendly. Yeah, I don't think you'll even need to do that because if the users of Bitcoin have a choice between two versions of Bitcoin, one in which the transactions always go through very quickly and are confirmed in the next block at a very, very low fee, and another version of Bitcoin in which you have to pay a whole bunch of money for each transaction, and who knows when it's going to be included in the block. It might take hours or days. There's no doubt in my mind which one people are going to decide to use. They're going to use the one that's fast and safe and cheap and easy to get your transactions confirmed. One thing's for sure. Sooner or later, the market is going to decide on this. And a lot of people are making predictions about what they think is going to happen, but only time will tell. Roger Veer, thanks for joining us from Bitcoin.com tonight and building our questions. I'm sure this is you know, still just the very beginning of all of the discussion that we'll have about this over the year, uh, the next few months, because this thing, uh, they still got a ways to go with uh, Bitcoin Unlimited about uh, 40% of the mining power they still got. Uh, they've got more work to do. Thanks, Roger. Appreciate it. More coming up here. Hour 3 is on the way. This is Free Talk Live. So the protection of life, liberty, and property is, is what the Free State Project is all about. But it's an, it's an effort to move 20,000 people who understand. It's about demonstrating to the entire country. That, yeah, we can have a free market, a truly free market. Making it just a freer, great place to live. It's the world's largest voluntarist, libertarian community, and it's, it's only getting bigger. That's amazing, to be able to move to a place where other people like passionately believe in being free and independent. What the Free State Project is managing to do, though, is to put their money where their mouth is. It's physically getting up across the country and saying, let's go someplace and let's demonstrate the power of these ideas. There's a lot of kind of philosophy that surrounds liberty. There's a lot of thinking about it and talking about it. But here in New Hampshire, people are doing it. 101 Reasons Liberty Lives in New Hampshire, a documentary by Free State Project Early Movers. Watch it free at 101reasonsfilm.com. 101reasonsfilm.com. It's Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves here. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We do have Skype. 
And the Skype username is lrn.fm. As we roll into the third hour of the program with you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Jay. And Mark. So we're going to get back into your phone calls and thoughts. Then coming up, the plastic bag ban. We got an update on what's happening out in California as a result of that. And it's not good news at all. But first, to your phone calls and thoughts, Sarah is in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Sarah. I want to argue the point of the 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 red light camera tickets are invalid because uh, you you have no accuser. But I say that you do have an accuser, the people that are uh, viewing the photos of you running the red light uh, and pulling into the crosswalk and traffic violation. That is the accuser. You, you mean the comp- like the corporations that the government has hired, like Redflex, for instance, to uh, run these red light cameras? Is that what you mean? Right, so they have a document, a picture of you running the red light, okay? So the people that are viewing the pictures, they are the accuser. But they don't know it's you. Can can the accuser prove an injury? Because that's what I really want to see before an action could be, any jurisdiction could be given, is an actual injury. Where's the injury? Where's the harm? Well, the injury is that when they do T-bone when, as you're running the red light. Well, yes, and, then... Uh, the, then if okay. there is a collision, so, so yes, then, there's an injury if there is damage done. But what if somebody just, you know, runs a light at, you know, 2 o'clock in the morning when there's nothing going on or they are like me? I technically ran a stop sign yesterday. I had four horses in a trailer and I came to a stop and I didn't want to stop real fast and knock the horses down. So I went about five feet over the line. If there was a red light camera, I would have, you know, got a red light ticket and nobody was around. Or turning right on red. That's also another way they'll uh, they'll hit you at some of these red light cameras. Oh, so really? You, you can safely make a right turn on red. Well, if it says no right turn on red and you've done it safely, uh, then well, you'll get splashed that way too. Or the right turn, if you don't come to a full and complete rock back stop at the right turn on red, like you're supposed to come to a full stop and mm. then proceed to turn right. Um, if you just say, oh, everything looks fine here, I'll keep going, you know, you Sarah, roll through. You've, you've never driven a car have you oh you know what i could definitely tell you i almost got hit by a car turning right pulling into the uh, maybe a hundred times over that they face i'm lucky that they stop like a foot or i have to jump out of the way that is a very very uh dangerous traffic violation but if you guys excuse yourself because you're not the one that's almost getting hit well, stop well, jumping out in front of cars. I mean, I've been on the streets before. I've I've walked places, and as long as you're paying attention and you know looking at where the cars could possibly come from, you won't get hit by a car unless some madman jumps up on the sidewalk and runs people down, as just happened in London. You got to look left, and in Keene, I like how it has that sign to remind people to look right when you go down that you know one way street. Sarah, did you know that Redflex, uh, one of the companies that is, you know, has teamed up with governments around the country to install these red light cameras, that the former CEO is being sentenced or was sentenced back in November to 30 months in prison? Well, here's the story from the Phoenix New Times uh, that says a federal judge has sentenced the former CEO of Redflex, Karen Finley, to 30 months in prison for her role not in murdering somebody or anything violent, but in a bribery scheme to win photo enforcement contracts in Chicago. The district judge, Virginia Kendall, also ordered Finley to pay $2 million in restitution, telling the 57-year-old Arizonian that there are, that, quote, there is no sense of corporate social responsibility there, unquote, and that the case had significant impact on the public. 
Still free on bond, Finley has been ordered to surrender to the U.S. Marshal's Office by January of this year. She'll serve her sentence concurrently with a 14-month prison term she received last month for a similar but smaller bribery scheme in Ohio. Finley Looks pl- like the red flex is getting in place, uh, Sarah, not because of the value of red light cameras to the community at large, but in fact to bribes to public officials. Yeah, how's, how's that, make, that you make you feel? Well, you know what? That's kind of that's kind of bewildering because did you know we have five thousand pedestrians killed last year in America, and about three hundred people per week get killed by drunk drivers, and they could be documented um, on the cameras. I just can't believe that she's being sentenced. I feel very, I feel like it's injustice has been being done. You think it's an injustice? Like, you think she should be allowed to bribe governments? Well, you know what? I don't. I really don't think that is true. And I just think okay, that, so you, uh, you're disagreeing with the findings. We didn't know anything about it. We read yeah. the story to you, and now you don't believe it's true. So you're disagreeing with the findings yeah. of two federal courts. Well, I've done what? that before. Maybe you've ne- even if it was, <laughs> you've never looked at a shred of evidence. But... <laughs> you've never looked at a shred of evidence whatsoever, but you don't think that this woman was bribing anybody. How do you feel about cars generally, Sarah? <laughs> cars? Um, the thing about it is that well, it's a, I mean, it does help us get around, but the drivers can be more careful. They just don't want to be, you know, and that and when they're cameras. They want to hit people. I can tell you, I want to be careful. Accident? I do not want to hit anybody. I do not want to cause anybody any harm. I don't want to damage any property. I don't want to, you know, cause anybody to die. So I think most people are actually pretty cautious uh, with how they, uh, they drive, at least here in New Hampshire, maybe not so much in New York. Uh, but people here are generally very courteous, very cautious, and uh, thanks for the call tonight, Sarah. You're absolutely irrational. Uh, toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE, 855-450-3733. Paul is in Fort Mojave listening on KTOX. Hello, Paul. Hello, gentlemen. Hey. Uh, Sarah, Sarah takes the bus. She does. <laughs> she sure does. So, so we, were, we don't even get into that. Gentlemen, uh, what do you think about uh, all this uh, uncovering of the uh, maybe uh, uh, the stuff that's been uh, 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 about the Trump thing? About the Trump thing. I mean, what do you guys? Which think Trump about thing? That? The Russians. I mean, uh, that it might actually be true that he maybe he wasn't off. That people were really listening in. And they really listen into it. Talking about the the, guys, the bugging. You guys are the most conspiracy theory people I know. So <laughs> we're not conspiracy theory people. But um, I, well, the, the thing is, is I want to. I just want to see more evidence. Um, at, at the the cable news networks are constantly batting this one way and batting it the other. Um, if you listen to Fox, you think one thing. If you listen to MSNBC, you, you you're, you're thinking another. And I am. Uh, I'm not ready to fall down on one side or the other of this issue yet. Um, there's, there's just more evidence. Well, didn't to come. the government admit or something that they were uh, tapping Trump? Isn't that? Didn't I, I see headlines so. about that? I don't know. I saw some headlines about that. Yeah. We know the technology exists yeah. for them to literally data mine every single transmission, every phone call. Snowden talked about this, so you know it, they can do it. They have all the money. They can print the money. They can borrow the money. They can point a gun at me and make them pay the money, make me pay the money. So I'm sure it, you know, if they're able to do it, that they are doing it. I, that's just my personal opinion that, yeah, they are logging everybody's phone calls, everyone's text messages, and they are listening in to 
people who they flag or you know have certain interest in or whatever. I'm absolutely sure they're doing it. Uh, about about ten years ago, maybe uh, fifteen, maybe I'm getting a little older. But outside of Utah, Salt Lake City, in between, uh, we won't we won't discuss where it is. They built a big place. It was for the mainframe to store all the stuff. Yeah, I remember that. That uh, NSA uh, building that apparently they have a huge amount of water they had right. to divert to cool the computers that are watching over all of us and, and in all likelihood day. recording every interaction. Um, at this point, we don't have proof, but they're doing everything but recording every interaction. Um, they so certainly could. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Paul, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. It looks like there's still some debate on this Trump wiretapping claim. Is it true or is it not true? I thought I saw headlines that uh, it was true. But FBI Director James Comey, according to the BBC, said on Monday, confirmed to the House Intelligence Committee the agency is investigating possible links between Russia and Trump's associates as part of a broader inquiry into Moscow's interference in last year's election. But he disputed Trump's wiretapping claims. But he's just the FBI. That's true. There's the NSA and the CIA, as we just learned from WikiLeaks uh, about two weeks ago. The CIA has all kinds of uh, listening capabilities that people didn't realize that they had. So which agency's doing the spying? Maybe more than one. Who knows? 855-450-FREE allows you to join us here on Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Dial toll-free. Bring up anything that you want. Our number here is 855-450-FREE. Whether it's the Bitcoin controversy, red light camera corruption, uh, anything goes here on Free Talk Live. And you can join us on Skype as well. Skype username is LRN.FM. With you tonight, it's Ian. Jay. And Mark. Also, you can call in toll-free and take control of the airwaves at 855-450-FREE. 855-450-3733. Ready to start your own website? How about a blog? Well, you can easily do it with HostGator. They're one of the top hosting companies out there. They are award-winning, and they've got a 99.99% uptime rating from web hosting stuff. You go to HostGator.com slash FTL, and that gets you 50% off, 50-0, off of their regular hosting prices. That's a special deal for you as a Free Talk Live listener. Uh, it's a great company. They've got simple one-click, easy installation for WordPress 24-7 over the phone or live chat tech support, and a very intuitive and user-friendly control panel that puts the power of creation and the simplicity of use into your hands. So go to HostGator.com slash FTL, like Free Talk Live. Let me tell you a little bit more about the Red Flex story here, because we did bring it up uh, with Sarah on the line. But first, we go to James in Arizona. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, James. I know, Jay Loon, you'd rather talk about red flex with a mental status like Sarah, even though I happen to live in the city where that company grew up, and I don't mind them a bit. But you work two for in the morning thing. <laughs> that two-in-the-morning thing's pretty good analogy. What about two in the afternoon when Shay and Scottsdale Road, where the cameras are, are is heavily traveled? Anyway, by the way, uh, no, I don't work for them, and that wasn't funny, Ian, but you have to laugh. It was funny, actually. Loon. It wasn't funny at all. But, Jay Lewin, I want to have a conversation with you, and I should like to say that Bitcoin will never be the world's reserve currency. It's uh, manufactured out of thin air, and it's just a cyber currency that people buy with the U.S. dollar. 
unless you're a sap and you would buy well, it. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and correct you because you're wrong at this point. Uh, it is no, not, I'm not manufactured out of thin air. It's manufactured it by miners. And I'll just put you on hold so I can uh, rebut your false statement. It is created by the people who mine the Bitcoin, and they are doing very complex cryptographic math problems in order to mine Bitcoin into existence. And part of that mining process is to verify the transactions on the network and make sure that they are secure. Yeah, but they secure. don't create it in the sense that they get to decide how much there is. There are 21 million Bitcoins available. That's uh, true. Total. At this point, there are maybe 15 million that are sort of revealed, and the miners don't control the amount. Whereas with the U.S. dollar and the euro and just about everything else, central governments, uh, government, central banks, uh, you know, at the behest of governments, actually do create money out of thin air. It does take energy to create Bitcoin. That's right. A lot like, of it. Like my brother, was my, he was mining Bitcoin with graphic cards like, you know, seven years ago. And he bought, you know, an expensive, fancy Bitcoin miner three or four years ago. And he basically only used the thing for about six months because... It was at the point where the electricity it was consuming costs more than the actual Bitcoin it was producing. So it, it's not. It does take energy to create Bitcoin, unlike a Federal Reserve note, which is literally takes no energy to create. Well, I mean, they have to uh, you know spend energy to run the the minting well, press. Very, very they just digitally create it. You know, just put another That's zero true. on a bank account or something. They can now. do that. That's true. Go ahead, James. It's twenty first century Western Union. That is all, uh, and gold could be a reserve currency like it was in the past, Jay Loon, because it's actually a real thing that people for thousands of years have valued, and it's very scarce. That's why it's worth a lot of right. uh, U.S. dollars as well. When and I was again, thinking... When you I, buy Bitcoin with U.S. money. That's what it's worth. Why it's You worth buy anything. gold with U.S. money, too. Way, you buy it with U.S. money. But you and buy gold way, with U.S. money. And Mark Edgington, you're more than welcome to give, make like Ernie Hancock and give and make like a statist, anti-statist and give the cops my phone number to have them call for me to answer to your alleged. Could you address? I thought you wanted to have a conversation with Jay. I am. I'm I'm addressing something I didn't get to address last night because you dumped my call and he suggested I wanted to murder his family again. Mark Edgington and I hear you're doing quite well, but I should like to explain to the audience, Jay Loon. That if Mark Edgerton had somebody yeah. murder, blah blah you blah blah blah. blah, blah Going to give you one more chance to have a conversation with Jay. Go ahead now. Yeah, Jay. Yeah, go ahead. Nine eleven is inside job. Yet Mark Edgerton once screamed into the microphone. The fact of the matter is, the people in the Pentagon deserved it. Leave aside, there were human beings on that innocent man drone called Flight seventy seven. If I had had anybody that I know or love on Flight seven seventy Flight seventy seven or in the Pentagon. Mark Edgington, I would have made like Mark Edgington and bashed his head in with a wrench. There you go. There's yep, a, there you uh, go. Once again, you Get can't have a call. On no, hold on. Before Get you go on. on no, no, earth. listen. Get off my earth. Thank you for the call. Yeah. He's not going to listen blah. on the line here. There can't be a call until he talks about my death. I mean, <laughs> every time. The man's obsessed with he, my death. He sounds like a violent dude. He's willing, and he has stated Claims that he is Catholic willing to burn my house down with my wife and child in it in order to cause my death. He talks about it every time he comes in. The man is absolutely certifiable. I've called the police. They won't do anything about it. You know, what are you supposed to do? Yeah, well, they, they call him Crazy James, and he just he proves that correct. And, <laughs> you know, and Flight 77 going in, into the Pentagon if it if it if it really was just a plane that crashed into the Pentagon that made a hole maybe the size of a dump truck uh, or whatever 
It's a strange um, size hole, that's for it, sure. Yeah, it, it definitely plain hole would be a little bigger, I think. But there's that is like the most heavily surveilled like piece real estate in the United States, from what I understand. So how come they didn't release all the footage from every surrounding place? Yeah, there was only know? like one angle or whatever yeah, that came like, out. What? Uh, five seconds or something from a or? gas station, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. it's it's very strange. So, I don't I don't propose to know, and I'm only going to uh, you know like all I can say is the gov- the government says that a 747 hit that uh, building. So what can I say otherwise? But it makes a good point. Like why you're telling me the Pentagon? There weren't cameras outside the Pentagon. Um, if people are doubting that this occurred, yeah, why not release all the footage? Wouldn't it be? Yeah, wouldn't it be behoove the government to release the footage? It would seem like something that was traveling into the Pentagon. And by the way, it got really, really low. Those guys aimed that plane real good, you know. Mm. Um, they, you'd, you'd think it would benefit the government to say, hey, look, here's it's a plane. See, plane, plane. Toll-free number tonight, 855-450-FREE. Uh, certainly plenty of red light cameras up and about in some cities. And Ms. Uh, Karen Finlay is now going to prison. She had already been sentenced to 14 months on a different case out of Ohio, a bribery case. Now she's been sentenced to 30 more months, or it's going to be cons- or, uh, concurrent. So it's not going to be uh, consecutive. But anyway, she's been sentenced to quite a few months in prison, uh, 30 months for a bribery case out of Chicago. She pleaded guilty, by the way, in 2014 to several bribery charges in Ohio and in 2015 to conspiracy to commit bribery in the Illinois case. So guilty plea, there wasn't even they didn't even need to put a case on against this lady. They had her dead to rights. Following her admissions of guilt, she testified against ex-Chicago transportation official John Bills, who was sentenced to 10 years in prison oh, in August of this year following a jury verdict, which may be why she took the plea deal, because she might have been facing many, many years over this. The sentencing hearing last week, and this was written in November, marks a rough landing for the Cave Creek resident and first-time offender who wrote in a letter last month to the judge in the Ohio case that thinking about her future left her numb with terror. We've got more coming up here, and you can share your thoughts. Our toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE, 855-450-3733. You can join us on the radio here on Free Talk Live. Here's a chance to do a little activism while you're cruising Facebook, Twitter, or Google+. Between the LOL cats and the recipes, the hot girls, and the inspirational sunrise memes, Free Talk Live's posts pass by your newsfeed. Like them. Comment. It gives us more exposure. If you don't see our posts, click like at facebook.freetalklive.com and then hover over it to click get notifications. It's an easy way to spread the ideas of liberty a bit further. I know you're busy, but you can spare that tenth of a calorie it takes to click on something. Facebook.freetalklive.com it's free talk live dial on in toll free join us here and bring up anything that you want our number is 855-450-FREE that's 855-450-3733 what does the ex-ceo of red flex in uh, the united states have to say for herself we got a little bit more from that story uh, with you in studio, it's Ian, Jay, and Mark. If you like Free Talk Live, then you can help us by doing your online shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. You enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live will get a portion of your purchase price. It Please is, do. It's that simple. It works for us. It works well. Uh, Amazon, otherwise, they're just going to keep everything. So if you just go to regular old Amazon.com, Amazon keeps everything. 
Same prices when you go to shop.freetalklive.com, except they're cutting us on most sales like 7 to 8%. Electronics, I think, is only like 4 but almost every other category on the site. Oh, that's pretty good. I didn't think it's it would really be that good. much. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it's like a really good deal for us. It, yeah, so, it's an extra click for you, you know, probably a tenth of a calorie. Just the or first something. time, because if you go once to shop.freetalklive.com, then choose your Amazon. There's Amazon UK, Amazon Canada, Amazon US. Then you click on that, so that's two extra clicks, Mark. So you have to, first you have to type in shop.freetalklive.com, like, yeah. and then you, but you click have to type on in the, Amazon, otherwise. Right. Right. And then you click on the the choice of Amazons. As soon as you get to that landing page, that first Amazon page, you bookmark that, and then you just go back to the bookmark. Then and, go to your relatives' yeah. uh, sites and bookmark it for them, too. That's a <laughs> sneaky thing to do, but yeah, you could do that. Um, and again, it doesn't matter because you're paying the same prices. It's the same great Amazon. You're just entering through our... Uh, affiliate link and free talk live gets a cut so start your shopping at shop.freetalklive.com let's go to abel freeman he's on the line uh that doesn't sound good that is weird sounds like he's a chipmunk right now something is screwy with the uh the, the sound card there so we're gonna see if we can get that remedied maybe in a little bit now uh phoenixnewtimes.com reporting on karen finley 57 year old arizonan who is now gonna have to pay a two million dollar restitution uh fine to I don't know who she's paying it to, but uh, anyway, she's been... The people of the city of Chicago? She's been found guilty in both Ohio and in Chicago of bribery charges. She's going to be sentenced, or has been sentenced to many months in prison, 30 months in the Chicago case, 14 months in the Ohio case. And she once commanded respect. It's interesting that I mean, this is a high-paid lawyer that's able to pull this off because a you know two state sentences running concurrent to each other is a bit unusual. Fin- this is federal court. Okay. Uh, Finley once commanded respect in the law enforcement community owing to her work to provide Arizona and other states with photo enforcement cameras. Finley, who lives in Paradise Valley, reportedly wept at the hearing and apologized to the court and the public, saying, quote, I'm sorry that my conduct has contributed to the public's mistrust of the government, she said. <laughs> I wonder how many people got beat, uh, you know, arrested. Or their cars towed and impounded because, well, they had a red light ticket and, you know. And they didn't pay it. And they didn't pay it. And then yep. the license gets suspended. And then, you know, the cop and doesn't arrested. like the guy because whatever, he's a bad cop. And he, you know, throws a guy. I'm sure that this woman's caused thousands of people a tremendous aggravation in their life. Finley said, according to the Chicago Tribune, uh, where reporters had exposed the kickback scandal four years ago, she said, I'm ashamed of myself. Redflex is an Australian company that runs its North American operations from an office in Phoenix. They continue to serve several Arizona cities, including Paradise Valley. The small, high-income town just east of Phoenix was one of the first municipalities in the nation to use photo enforcement. Retired Paradise Valley Police Chief John Winterstein wrote a letter to the court urging leniency for Finley asserting that this marks the first time he's ever made such a request for a criminal defendant. Winterstein, a long-time... <laughs> first, first time. Long I'm sure time. Redflex makes nice donations to the local you oh, know, yeah. Paradise City Police Officers Association or whatever. And, of course, he is a longtime photo enforcement supporter, wrote in a June letter that Finley is, quote, personally and singly responsible for saving many lives nationwide, he claims. Now, the... the cameras that were up in Paradise Valley are the speed cameras, right? Uh, these are, uh, I believe, these are red light cameras, red, okay. red flex. So, is my understanding that in Arizona was the uh, the start for of all these speed cameras everywhere? So, I was uh, a bit confused. Maybe both. I mean, I don't know. Maybe yeah. red flex does. Uh, I thought red flex both. did both. They had a contract for speed cameras too. So, speed cameras. So, 
uh, it's it's worth pointing this out. Red light cameras kill. And the mm-hmm. way that they kill is that um, in many cases, first, uh, the, the town gets red light cameras, right? And a whole bunch of money comes in because every person running a stoplight suddenly uh, gets a ticket. Right. And then they pay the ticket and all this money comes in. Well, these people do this for a series of months. Call it uh, four, five, six months, right? And then they're like, hey, we don't like paying these tickets, so we're going to stop, which is the goal. And then the revenues, now these politicians have gotten used to getting these big bucks coming in, mm-hmm. the revenues begin to dwindle. And what has happened in city after city, town after town, place after place, around the world and throughout the United States, the politicians or the people, the bureaucrats or whomever it is does it, they begin to creep down the length of the yellow light. That's right. In order to catch more people so that they can get that money back in. They're not looking at this as a, uh, as a deterrent like you are. They're not looking at it like a citizen is. They're looking at it like a line item, ways to get money. It's cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching every time they want people to run red lights, okay? It's not safety. It's revenue. So people are slamming their brakes on at lights, and people are getting rear-ended. And some, in some of these cases, people are certainly injured. In some cases, they die. 30,000 people die per year in automobile accidents. And these red light cameras just add to that. He claims, the police chief, that uh, Paradise Valley single-handedly saved Red Flex when it went ran out of cash and couldn't pay its bills, devoting public money for a one-time $225,000 infusion into the company. After evidence revealed her involvement, Finley wow. confessed that she was aware that Martin O'Malley, a Red Flex consultant, was bribing, uh, let's see, she was bribing Bills, I'm not sure who that was, uh, was bribing Bills the second in command at Chicago's Department of Transportation. Oh yeah, that's the guy with a 10-year sentence. The 10-year sentence, yeah. Uh, the Depart- I wonder if they bribed him to shorten the uh, yellow yellow light time a Good little question. bit. Good question. Yeah, and, and what Red Flex does is, my understanding in many cases, that they manage the red light cameras and the tickets, uh, sending the tickets and all these things for these cities. So the cities just get a check. They didn't have to do the, uh, the, the, the work. Invoicing, right. And so Red Flex, of course, takes skims off the top there, too. Not illegally. I mean, it's all part of the contract, but they get some of it. So this guy served as a high-ranking precinct captain for the Democratic Party. The company overpaid O'Malley, who then gave bills about $2 million over eight years to ensure Red Flex thrived and expanded in Chicago. Bills and O'Malley would meet at restaurants to exchange envelopes stuffed with cash. Bills also accepted golf games, hotel rooms, and the use of a Gilbert condominium for his efforts. Though Finley never received a direct payment, she was well compensated as Red Flex's business grew. She reportedly was paid about $500,000 per year in salary and bonuses. O'Malley received a six-month federal prison sentence in September. Red Flex officials blamed part of the corruption scandal on one of its star salesmen, Aaron Rosenberg, a company vice president based in California who helped pay off Mr. Bills. After the company sued Rosenberg in an Arizona court, he alleged that Red Flex routinely bribed public officials in 13 states, including Arizona. This is their business model, is what it sounds like. No evidence of a similar bribery scheme when Arizona was revealed in the case. Prosecutors gave Rosenberg immunity for his cooperation, and he was never charged. A New Times. Re- it's funny that they call the bribery if you give money to one of the politicians, but if you, what Red Flex does is gives money to, to the whole all government, the politicians, yeah. all the whole government, the bureaucrats, and all of them. That's not called bribery. A New Times review of the situation last year showed the company contributed thousands of dollars to local Democratic and Republican coffers in the 2000s, which such donations are perfectly legal, if not expected, of a company that seeks political favors, as the 
New Times points out. Finley's actions cost the city of Chicago, which could have negotiated better speed camera contracts. So there you go, speed ah. cameras. Uh, in that case, if not for the corruption, but they also had far more reaching consequences, according to the U.S. District Attorney in a sentencing memorandum. Quote, bribery is a two-way street, wrote Zachary Farden, the U.S. attorney who prosecuted the case. He said corrupt public officials cannot rob taxpayers without private counterparts willing to feed their corruption. This egregious behavior has contributed to the public's delusion and cynicism about Chicago city government. Oh, don't worry. Uh, just because it's Chicago, it, it, it's all government. But sh- yeah. people do think that a bit more about Chicago. But, but it's a long history of it. Chicago has right. more governors in prison than any <laughs> other, other state. City. All the other states combined. Uh, or I'm sorry, I should say uh, Illinois. Illinois yeah, yeah. has more uh, governors in uh, prison than all other states combined. It's, it is a, uh, a title that Illinois has earned very thoroughly, and it doesn't have and much they won't to do stop with it. Here. Yeah. More coming up here. 855-450 free. You can join us here on Free Talk Live. Yeah! Free Talk Live. Moments remain. Enough time for you. If you want to dial in now and join us here, the toll-free number is 855-450-3. That's 855-450-3733. And uh, with you in the studio tonight, it's me, Ian. Jay. And Mark. Don't forget, you can support Free Talk Live directly by going to amp.freetalklive.com. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is your five bucks a month, which is what we ask for you to join the AMP program, We'll get you some cool perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, the AMP-only podcast, uh, and there's more features that you can get. Just get all the details at amp.freetalklive.com. Oh, yeah, the AMP Facebook group. That's another big one there where you can interact with other Free Talk Live amplifiers and hosts of the show. So some cool perks, but also you can feel good because that 5 bucks is being invested into Free Talk Live so we can get on more radio stations around the country Bring new internet listeners on board. We're actually going to be getting back on this weekend in Tupelo, which I'm very excited about. Uh, our longtime affiliate there had uh, taken us off the air back when Clear Channel took over and they became iHeartMedia, and now they're coming back on uh, for weekends. So Great. sometimes we get even former affiliates to come back, which is always nice. We get even iHeart uh, affiliates to come. That's right. Yeah, we got some of the big, big, big you know companies out there, and uh, it's all possible because we're able to reach out to these guys and effectively market Free Talk Live to them. Go to the conventions that we can uh, we can attend, and you know schmooze with the the big wigs and things like that. Buy them a satellite receiver if. If need be, and we might be having to do that with this certain island station that we can't officially announce yet, uh, but they're airing us on a test basis. So hello way out there in the Pacific. Uh, You're still welcome to call us, even though we're out there on a a test basis. Is Uh, it live? It is not. They're uh, they're doing a delay broadcast at the moment, but we may end up live on that station. Which You'll have to do the exciting. math. Uh, we're on from 7 p.m. Eastern to 10 p.m. Eastern, Eastern, Eastern time. Every day. Every day. So, uh, yes, yeah, so you can always join us here toll-free and uh, take control of the airwaves. But if you support Free Talk Live and you like the fact that we're getting on more radio stations with the ideas of liberty and peace, then please get behind the show with the AMP program. You can use Bitcoin. You can also use altcoins because uh, – oh, no, excuse me. We don't actually have that built in yet. If you want to use altcoins, email me. We'll we'll hook you up. We'll do it uh, an alternative uh, method. Uh, but uh, built right into the site, we got Bitcoin, we've got uh, PayPal, and major credit cards. So please get behind the show, get the perks at amp.freetalklive.com as we go to Ademo Freeman. He's in jail in Warren County, Ohio. 
Uh, you had been offered a plea deal, Ademo, and you haven't taken it. And now it looks like you're going to get bonded out. What's the latest? I've heard there's some good news in your situation. There's some really good news. I've had two bits of good news this week, and I'll start with the first is that on Monday I was indicted. And as some of the regular listeners might recall, I was initially charged on three felonies, two F3s, one F5. The F5 has been dropped, which is good because even though it was the lowest one, obviously less felonies, less charges is better. But uh, my two F3s were previously uh, one for the concentrate, one for the flower. So they also dropped the concentrate. This is a marijuana. This is a THC concentrate and marijuana right. uh, yeah. Right, and so they dropped the THC concentrate uh, and then added the F3 trafficking. So the F5 used to be the trafficking. So essentially I did kind of get rid of two charges. I believe they dropped the concentrate due to Ohio having a medical uh, legalization of that substance here. But that was the first good bit of news is that, you know, I'm not fighting two possessions. I'm only fighting one and one trafficking. I okay. think that's better for my case. And then today I went in front of a magistrate, and my bond was lowered from 75000 to $5,000. It was a dramatic decrease. And no I doubt. have no idea why. But, uh, yes, by this time tomorrow, I'll be out of a cage. Now, didn't I hear that it was a different judge or a different magistrate than it was previously? That is correct. This is, the court I was in before was a small-town city court. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're not too experienced in these things. And uh, so, like, my case might look uh, larger than it is to them. And so the, the common pleas court probably sees more drug cases. Mm-hmm. And so um, maybe not as much of a big deal in terms of needing so much money to assure my appearance. You know, and maybe also uh, my lawyer argued more efficiently, I believe, in this round, or effectively, excuse me, uh, that, you know, I've never fled. I'm not a flight risk. And on top of that, I am a nonviolent person, and mm-hmm. the community is fine with me being a free individual. Right. Now, uh, the previous judge had mentioned GPS tracking as part of the uh, the bond terms. Is that still attached? Oh, thank you for bringing that up. No, that was removed as well, mm. but I am put on what's called PSI, pre-sentencing investigation, uh, which is basically probation before conviction. So I will have to report once a week to somebody, tell mm. them what I've been doing, most likely give them a UA, a urine, urine analysis. analysis. Correct. And uh, go about that. That's a little disappointing, but uh, to get out of the cage and properly prepare for my case and uh, fight this from the outside, it's something that I uh, did sign on the dotted line and agreed to do. Okay. All right. Uh, so, and so you're likely going to stay in Ohio, I would imagine, during the duration of this situation. Is that part of the terms? That's correct. And yeah, I mean, people should be looking forward to seeing. Well, recent blogs for me, uh, you know, I, I have plans. It's going to be a couple months before I end up in court again as far as serious court case. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think this is a really good sign, you know, and uh, it's a good start. You know, they, they were beating me up pretty good early, but I seem to be rebounding here as of late. And I really want to reiterate, the, you know, the folks uh, who have helped me and supported me, you know, and you guys as well, providing me this outlet, which, you know, may just let them know that, you know, these charges are ridiculous, and you know the war on drugs is a failed war on dr- um, a failed war. Period, and hopefully a first step, and maybe some right directions in some, you know, courtroom battles. Well, I appreciate. Good luck. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Jay. Good luck. Yeah, good luck with with, with these uh, criminal psychopaths you're going to be dealing with, uh, and 
I wish yeah. I could be there to uh, to help support you. Obviously, we're all the way up here in in New Hampshire, and uh, you're missed very. You know, I, I miss miss having you around, man. Um, I know I'm that. Gonna, hopefully, I can get free of these charges and make a visit. But uh, you know, you guys do plenty of support from afar. You know, I I, I don't think I think this is all a, a good uh, reflection of you know the support I have gotten, including what you guys are doing. Put me on these airwaves is is uh, really really appreciated. Well, I told Virgil Viduva, who's one of the guys on the ground in the nearby vicinity, who's been helping you out behind the scenes there. Uh, I told Virgil, I want to get a I want to get a picture of you as soon as you get out of the pokey, uh, you, know, you know, right out in front, just to Sounds show good. everybody that it's true. You know, you know, I'm usually known for that, so uh, I'll definitely get, I'll definitely oblige. All right, good deal. Anything else you want to share with our listeners tonight, Ademo? That's it. Just thanks a lot. Check out coplock.org for the most recent, and I'll probably start posting uh, parts of my diary, which are a the diary of a drug war victim, which I've been writing since in here. I'll continue to do that as well, but give you snippets of what it's like when you're accused of such victimless crimes with no violence. Excellent, and I hope that you'll continue to call us, even though you're on the outside and will likely be busier with things. It's easy to call us inside the jail because you got nothing else to do. So hopefully, will certainly will. keep yeah, in touch. Court dates might come a few and far between on the outside now, or, or these updates, but I most certainly will keep you guys posted uh, when things arise. All right, brother. Good luck getting out, uh, lot, and we'll talk soon. That's Adamo Freeman from CopBlock.org in uh, jail now, pre-trial for a good solid six weeks since he was arrested for allegedly possessing around 20-something pounds, 26, I believe, pounds of cannabis and some uh, concentrate as well. Let's go to Abel Freeman. I checked his Skype connection. He sounded good during the break. Abel, are you with us? I am, and uh, I have a real quick thing. Hey, welcome back, Mark. Thank you. And uh, good to hear from you too, Jay. Um, I uh, have information that, that you know, I, I followed the 9-11 stuff from the get-go. And, uh, and basically the details on what we know about what happened around the Pentagon are that there were, uh, I, I don't know, a double-digit number of uh cameras uh that had a view of the of of the so-called plane entering and that all of that uh all that tape all that uh recording was was collected by the fbi and has not been released other than that one uh video Hmm. and uh so basically what's going on is the uh you know, there, there, there's other information there that they don't want us to see, and uh, and this has been my problem. Yeah, that's how people long. get when they don't get uh, information. And you know, in a democracy where we're all supposed to be able to make these decisions, we're going to have a very difficult time deciding who's going to be the ones who are going to lead us if we don't get enough information. And I, I agree that it's uh, it's weird. Um, I said it was weird that Obama didn't release a birth certificate that looked like my birth certificate. There's just all kinds of these sort of weird things, and people get. Uh, they they get upset when they when when stuff doesn't uh, when they don't get information. Well, you know, and and I I don't get upset anymore. I mean, my my point on all of this is that they're that they're they should be out of business. Their 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 behavior is is bad enough that we we should not be paying any attention to them. You talk about the federal and, government. Yeah, that'd be Certainly great, but they uh, they they tend to be pretty good at commanding attention because they've got men with guns in jail cells. Hey, thanks for the call tonight. We're out of time. 
Uh, we'll see you tomorrow online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. But I do agree that we need to ignore them as much as we possibly can and, of course, secede as soon as possible. We'll see you tomorrow at freetalklive.com. Why did you move to the Shire? I moved here to the Shire because there's other people around who take liberty just as seriously as I do. I moved to the Shire because I saw videos of people challenging authority and thought that I could get support myself. It called to me, like, do this right now. I wanted to be around people like me who got it. And once I got here, I knew there was nowhere else that I wanted to be. I've always wanted to change the world. So I moved to the Shire to join people who were actually working towards doing the same thing. The people here are awesome, loving and positive. It was for the adventure and for the feeling of something important is happening here. And I just wanted to come to sort of be part of that. Visit ShireSociety.com to read and sign the Shire Society Declaration and learn the reasons why, if you love liberty, you should immigrate to the Shire. Plus, add yourself to the Shire map at ShireSociety.com. That's ShireSociety.com.